Spread a console, the golden disc Maximals came after them And they crashed both their ships Landed on the earth with two moons They fought in the beast wars I mean, what else were they gonna do? War and beast War and beast We talk about things like Energon and protoforms and sparks War and beast War and beast How the Maximals have no end game And Megatron's not smart War and beast War and beast War and beast uh, Welcome to the War and Beast podcast The podcast that even though Greg is trapped on a floating island in a cloud that you, that we lassoed up and kept going like a missile with a grin on it that doesn't work or something like that. Is that what you wanted to say? <laughs> um, That's like three different well, things. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm the uh, sort of host for this episode, Kendall. I'm John. And I'm Jordan. All right. So uh, that was a beautiful mess. Today, today we are um, well in the in the grand tradition of audio entropy podcasts that are um, uh, a mess. Uh, today we are going to uh, try to go on without Greg, even though he because he had some technical difficulties. Um, uh, so uh, we're talking about the trigger part one. Um, which I was trying to make a trigger warning joke, but I couldn't think of anything. Plus, I don't think trigger warning jokes are funny, so I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Um, all right, uh, so I do. I do find it's kind of like a little presumptuous that they put the part one on there. Like they just well, they know. Like telling you right, yeah, like telling you right up front that it's uh, that it's a two parter. Yeah, I like, think they shows do that. Thing. Mm, that's true. Well, also, this was, this was, I, I think something that, something that, uh, folks that, that watch, um, 1990s syndicated children's shows and do rewatch podcasts sometimes gloss over is not to say that, not to say that like, uh, the shows shouldn't hold up because they should, and there's no excuse for bad writing and stuff, but also sometimes they're not, they weren't really designed to be ripped apart and i mean you don't know like does it tell does it show the title i guess i'm watching it yes does it show the title actually on the on the yeah, screen I think so yeah let's see executive producer producer jonathan goodwill and uh, i think that was one of the things i definitely remember about uh beast wars was that yeah it's a trigger part one that okay. they do show the title screen like i mean it's early so if you're not paying attention like like some like I know, with some shows sometimes people don't come come in right from the very beginning. Like watch the entire opening thing and that, and it's like, oh, this is on. I'll go grab a drink and something. And then they come and sit down, and it's already halfway through the opening scroll. So, you know, they might miss that. But I do rem- like I said, I do remember that Beast Wars was one of the few that actually did put up an episode title per for each episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's actually pretty pretty predominant. So 
Yeah, I, I was just going to say, like, like a lot of, like, you know, when you talk about episodes of Power Rangers or episodes of, um, I don't know, other things that have to watch <laughs> podcasts, um, you don't think of the it, title it as much. Although, although like, I'm thinking, because the next thing I was thinking was Sailor Moon, but I guess Sailor Moon does say the title, like, out loud at the beginning of each episode. I just don't, Sometimes I don't feel have a like... Title card. It's it's not it's not the same as uh you know having it on Netflix and you're cho- yeah. you're selecting the episode and you see the episode title and it and it posts although you know whatever you know trigger part one maybe this was a maybe this was a mid season finale or something you know or <laughs> they weren't sure if they were going to get more well just a just a mid just a mid season even if you know let's see actually let's see I'm on the IMDb page I can see if there was a break in between episodes or a break after this episode huh. um how does this work season 1 that's not a link all episodes are there 52 total I, episodes or 50 yeah there's 52 total episodes okay and why did I, I mean, it I take me to like season lots 3 of kids shows having like blah 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 part 1 having like I mean, reboot did it. I think so, there was episodes yeah. of Sonic Set AM that did it. Um, I mean, <clears throat> okay, so I was I, I right. It was it was, it was a mid season a mid season finale yeah. type thing because it, it aired. Oh, uh, Trigger cool. Part One and Two were the 18th and 19th of November, and then Spider's Game was uh, January 6th. Huh. I didn't um, realize that. Um, you know, I, I really that back then. I really should have. Th- th- figured that out because i mean what with the way cartoons do that a lot now like even today mm-hmm. well i was thinking like the cw dc shows do right. that where they have like a, a mid-season break and they have a big they have a big cliffhanger mm-hmm. the end of it yep in my yeah in my opinion that's where if you want a cliffhanger episode you do it with the mm-hmm. mid-season finale you don't do it with the season finale shows that do that make me <laughs> want to punch them in the face like walking dead <laughs> Or uh, or the first season of Stargate Universe also ends with a with a cliffhanger, and yeah, that show wasn't good. So it just was even worse because it ended with a cliffhanger. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, since I'm jumping around the IMDb page, let's see what IMDb trivia we had here. Probably there's probably like none because I haven't pulled it up yet. Okay, there are three pieces of trivia. Okay. Apparently, a model submarine can be seen on Rat Trap's console, so we'll have to look oh. for that. Um, okay, the Japanese title for this is pretty awesome. Oh, Ukishima the, um, no Deathmatch Zenpen, or Floating Island Deathmatch. Yeah, um, I was going to say, there's some neat little things about it on about the Japanese episode on the TF Wiki that we can get into after you, you do some of the other INDV and... And other like little show notes that we might want to talk about. Okay, well there there is um, literally only other one piece of uh, trivia here. Uh, the two parter bears a strikingly a striking similarity to the Transformers 1984 episode, The Golden Lagoon, about a beautiful oasis harboring a secret golden lagoon that provides a beneficial weapon. In the battle that follows for the lagoon, the oasis and lagoon are destroyed, leaving the Autobot. Beachcomber mourning the lost, the loss, and I get and, and that's Transformers nineteen eighty four like like Transformers in parentheses nineteen eighty four so it's not necessarily a nineteen eighty four episode so I assume that means G one yeah. but since it's on IMDb they don't they're not up with the lingo yeah and I think that might actually be a little bit uh, purposeful they the writers tend to you know kind of always 
troll the lore of uh, the the original like 1984 series a lot, mm-hmm. and while not outright like you know, you know using exact things, they do always call back to it. So I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of use that as a basis for some of the ideas and things that they put into this one. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, you can talk about the real trivia, okay, Jordan. Well. <laughs> well I will like to point out, because I think we'll get to this there, but it, they mentioned one of the continuity errors that I like, where it they mentioned that it seems to take a very, very long time for the transmission to, tower to fall on Tigertron. Uh, yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that, about how, you know, it's just him screaming, like, 20 seconds of the, them talking, going away, and then they come back and he's still screaming. Uh, okay. But, um, also, like, a neat little bit of foreshadowing i think we'll we'll get to is rhinox pointing out the problem with one of the moons yeah i think we'll 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 talk about when when he when we get to that scene specifically um they also mentioned in their continuity notes pterosaur suspicions about the nature of the cloud may be due to previous experience with abnormal landforms on the planet (laughs) (laughs) the first floating island to come across yeah yeah. and i think pretty sure that this is the first time that we have that pterosaur fires a missile with a shark tooth paint job yeah i thought that was kind of cool yeah um, and um air riser having telescopic vision is also kind of a neat little first in this episode mm-hmm. and she actually uses it like multiple times in the episode instead of just like once or twice and that's it and i'd like to apologize to kendall but apparently the cyber bee does come back <laughs> uses it quite quite effectively in this episode so uh-huh. Well, effectively? <laughs> well, more, <laughs> I, I would say a little bit more effectively than he did in, in the last episode. Right, it, yes, in that, in that in the last episode it completely worked against them. Oh, speaking of that, so I watched the animated Dark Knight Returns, and there yeah. definitely is a scene where he like punches through a wall, and it looks exactly like when Optimus Primal punches through the wall. So, I mean, assuming because this was I was I watched the you know the adaptation that came out a few years ago. It was on sale at Black Friday, uh, and total yes, totally a hundred percent. Like, if assuming that was also taken from the uh, from the comic, which I'm sure it was because it was a very faithful adaptation. Um, mm-hmm. Like it, that that random guy on IMDb that said that Optimus Primal was like the Hulk was correct. So. <laughs> I just want to give credit where credit is due. Hopefully, uh, yeah. hopefully he um, listens to the podcast. <laughs> I mean, I, I never doubted it was a scene. I just didn't think like I wasn't sure if they directly ripped off that particular scene. Here. Right, right. But. Yeah, yeah. It just it just was one of those for me. It was one of those things like that's been actually bugging me because I should I know things about comics and I've read Dark Knight Returns twice. And I don't currently own a copy because I sold it for beer money a few years ago. Um, and uh, okay, why don't you have your body bender? Oh, I did. Why you sold your teeth? Ah, booze money. <laughs> uh, I, I went through it. Well, I went through a phase because because uh, half price books would actually uh, yeah give pretty good cash for uh, for trade paperbacks. 
um, cause it's a pretty hot commodity, especially if it's like trade paperbacks that people actually want to read. So they, they actually paid pretty well for them. So I would, you know, I would accumulate them over time, read them and then sell them back, you know, kind of like the the way the system is supposed to work. Um, and I would actually like, <laughs> you know, so like I, would you know, every six months or so I'd, I'm I'd a terrible purge. order though. I, um, I could never do that. Same. Terrible. But it, I need to keep like my stuff that I have. Well, and this but was I, like this was like you, you don't understand how many comic books I read. Like this was I this was like the bot, you know, the I would you, you know, I'd get you know, 10 or 12 over the course of 3 or 4 months I'd get 10 or 12 trades, you know, and then and then, you know, read those and the the six of them that I didn't like, I would sell, you know, I'd sell and keep the so, you know, I've got I've got some trade paperbacks and uh I do have, uh, I think my last count was 12 long boxes of comics, although it's probably more than that now, um, because I haven't bagged and boarded over the last year. So, like, you know, you got to understand the scale. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, and and yeah, there was just, it was like when I was, when I was like literally like, you know, living with my parents, going to school, working like just a little bit for extra spending money, and then, you know, so every once in a while. But yeah. Long story short, it really bugs me that I don't own a copy of Dark Knight Returns, so I'm gonna have to fix that. But uh, the so the, the show so the show opens up, or or was there more so trivia, Jordan? Well, there is a couple interesting, a few more. Um, Rat Trap answering the phone uses "What's new, Pussycat?" again, once again showing that someone in the writers' room really, really likes that phrase. <laughs> um, well, and got two cats on the show. Yeah, and then this is it. <laughs> I, and I found this funny too is that Eraser, when she spy, was spying on Pterosaur and Wasminder, quips about the grunge look. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> which, like, either which, the grunge oh. looks back or they've gotten wrecked. Like, yeah. <laughs> which, you know, to be, you know, I just realized like 1996 is like post grunge. Like that is, <laughs> yeah. That is like, it is, it is definitely, it is definitely after the grunge look was not popular anymore and before it became evergreen. <laughs> Um, and let's see. There's also one like m- kind of uh, oblique Transformers reference here, where they they mentioned that um, a tropical area surviving amongst uh, otherwise in in hospital coldness is a concept used elsewhere in Transformers, and there's a link to the Savage Land, which since it's, <laughs> since uh, the original Transformers comics were owned by Marvel, they actually uh, kind of coexist in like a couple of issues. Like, hmm. uh, Shockwave originally crashed, like, in one storyline, he crashed uh, following the arc, be- you know, and before it got, in the G1 continuity, before it got uh, reawakened in the 1980s, like, he came back to Earth following it. Uh, Shockwave landed, like, in in the Arctic, where the Savage Land is, and that's what, like, in the, which, much different from the cartoon is what, how uh, some shenanigans happened, and that's where the Dinobots were first built. But if I remember correctly, that's totally different from how it was done in the cartoon. So, oh yeah, and there was no Savage Land in the cartoon. No. <laughs> so, um, the other thing that I wanted to mention that was on this on the wiki is basically some of the notes about the Japanese itch, issue uh, episode, which since as they tended to try to make things more uh, comedic and such, satirical and all that, satirical, yeah. yeah. There's a couple of because there's a couple of interesting notes, such as the fact that the uh, that missile that uh, uh, Pterosaur flies is actually voiced 
Oh like, my god, of course it, has it a, is. It has a high-pitched <laughs> voice. It screeches ka 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 in a manner similar <laughs> to Pterosaur, as ka 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 was his verbal tick in the Japanese dub. And when it impacts without ex- without exploding, it coughs and grumbles in disappointment. Oh god. <laughs> and apparently, as well as uh, Scorponox Cyber B also speaks. Uh, also mimicking the verbal tick, which for uh, Scorponox was Oria, 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 which is like the Ora, Ora, Ora thing, but. It's just another variation of that. Mm-hmm. Was there and a character in Beast Wars who didn't have a verbal tick? In the Japanese dub, no. Apparently, everyone had a verbal tick. Jesus. Well, all the Predacons, <laughs> right? Did the Maximals? Oh, yeah. Well, I know. Yeah, actually, I'm I'm not sure if the pre- Maximals did, but yeah. Now that I think about it, I was. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought Dinobot had a verbal tick, but then he was originally a Predacon, so, huh. I don't remember. You you told us the correct answer to that question in a previous episode, but I do not remember what the answer was. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, oh, hey, Greg's, I, Greg's son's friend, uh, go listen to our episodes and tell us. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> did he mention on the show that his, that his son's friend listened to this? I don't think he did. I think that wasn't a break. Yeah. Well, you know, you never know what he's going to include at the end of the show. So, hi, Greg's son's friend. <laughs> Uh, oh, super man. fan of War and Beast. Listen to the first uh, 35 episodes that we recorded in like two days. So, um, I also wanted to make one final note that when Tigertron grabs a hold of the Cyber Bee and you know, like, and he basically uses to rewire it, the Cyber Bee pleads with him to stop between gasps of Aura, Aura, Aura. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, little things where it's like kind of cool and kind of sad, it's and that's sad that's and all funny. that's all the little fun notes they had about the Japanese dub. Cuckoo. Okay, so are we ready to actually start the episode? Sure thing, boss man. All right. So, um, so it starts out on with the Dinobot is in the snow, and Dinobot is whatever this. Whatever the whatever the tiger guy is, is I don't I don't know. Tigertron. <laughs> yeah, really, really Tigertron's the tiger, not Dinobot. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I've been I've been up for a long time. My sleep pattern's a little bit out of whack and uh uh went to my wife's work Christmas party thing. Um so I wanna say this like that episode a few episodes ago that looked really bad, like I was kind of scared that the that was just the way things were going to be because they've sort of moved away from the from the iconic gray terra- or tan terrain with with no topographical features like they've kind of tried to do a little bit more with the landscapes and stuff but they i mean they've really stepped it up since then and i think this uh the ice landscape looks really good yeah oh i do remember there was a note that the footprints in the snow are a little inconsistent though but otherwise, uh, everything else looks like you know, like really great. Well, the, the, when there was and only one I, set of footprints, that was when Air Razor yeah. was carrying him. <laughs> well, they're walking single file to like <laughs> to hide their numbers. To hide well, their numbers. That's that's a line. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, uh, a little behind the scenes, I don't have subtitles, so. Um, we're, we're gonna, um, 
Oh yeah, those footprints are terrible. <laughs> like they're spaced out super weird. Yeah. Um I don't have I don't have subtitles, so we're gonna these the uh we may not be as as beat for beat uh as usual. So so Tigertron, he's out in the thing and he's and he's going to send his um weekly communication to maximal base. Um which I think is I think this is kind of a cool little thing set up. He's got like a train a transmission th- what did I call it at four in the morning? I put notes down. Transmission relay? Yeah. Power? I think uh communication array is what I called it. Uh but that's a good name. Yeah. Um but uh yeah so he you know goes to s- sign into his maximal thing and 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 Waspinator and Pterosaur decide that the one time, the one five-minute period during this week that Tigatron can yell for help, that's when they're going to attack him. <laughs> yeah, Waspinator even makes a comment about him being punctual. Like, um, uh, I was going to say, a bit, a bit before he gets to the communications array, okay. there's like a minor earthquake and some clouds oh. are above the, uh, above the peak. And it later, uh, later on, you kind of like surmise that the island was like scraping that mountain and mm. that's why everything was like shaking and falling down and yeah and doesn't like the rocks fall on his head and on his head rather... repeatedly <laughs> yeah, kind of rather... <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but i yeah. guess i guess though that them attacking when he's at the array might be because tigertron is supposedly a scout and always on the move maybe he they literally could not find him uh, until he did his report, because that's like the one time they know where he'll actually be. Right. So wait until he still, does his no. report and hangs up the telephone. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was going to say, there's still problems with that, with that plan. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It just, I'm just, I, I, there are like, this is a good episode. This is a really good episode, yeah. but this scene like made me so like, but I mean, it, it is Pterosaur and Waspinator. They're kind of stupid. You I think mean, they were operating independently of of the of Megatron's orders? Well, they we might have been, but I mean, like, I don't think Megatron was ordering every little action they were doing. Mm-hmm. They were like, he was he was like, go get Tigertron. They went and found Tigertron, and they went and get him. They didn't like right to have any tactical prowess because they're. They're both idiots. Like, <laughs> I was say Pterosaur, like you know, would take any opportunity to 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 do what he wants and Waspinator would just go along with it. So, mm. yeah, I mean, I, that, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's I a mean, shame that the, that the villains are idiots, but yeah, I yeah. guess that's true. It's just like, like really <laughs> <laughs> later on, we see some of the, the villains being much smarter. It's, I mean, it's, I don't know. It just like really, really rubbed me the wrong way. Um, yeah, I can understand though. Like you expect them to actually be yeah. thinking, thinking some of this stuff out beforehand, or if they instead of just off the cuff, if they were waiting all this time for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, I mean, because they specifically, they're like, yeah, they're like, Duh. okay, and here's where, um, here's where uh, uh, they, where Rhinox says that the moon doesn't have enough mass, or one of the moons doesn't have enough mass, so it's like it's hollow. And he's got like yeah. a hollow moon theory. They're finally addressing the two moons. Which is, I didn't know if they were going to. I was just like, is that a thing that's going to happen? I mean, actually, I really should have given them more faith and known they were eventually going to talk about it. But So I accidentally got spoiled for something that happens at the end of the season. <laughs> 
and it's a it seems that it may be a big plot point um but I'm yeah. not gonna, I'm not going to uh, go into any detail because at least Jordan it sounds like knows yeah uh, I, rem- more than I, I remember do. some of the some of the more bigger plot reveal point things so and it's fun when we when we discuss them because you can because it's good it's good when on the one hand when you know you want to say something but you know not to because it makes it more fun mm-hmm. and then at the other hand as well as kind of tipping your hat that you do know something also kind of gives a little like oh what is they going what's going to happen kind of like yeah. feeling to the, the others i figured jordan knew about it cuz he mentioned that like he's watched the series for a few times yeah so, i haven't seen it since i was a little kid so yeah, this communication setup is pretty like they're like bouncing the things off each other. You think they uh they set that up after Optimus had the idea of bouncing the communication thing off the moon? That's what I'm thinking <laughs> is that is that it's like the same kind of thing where like it can't they don't have a line of sight to the to the array or the, or something like that, so they have to actually use the same type of technology, but they're like, "Well, we can't always bounce it off the moon because it moves." Right, right. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really I think it's a really neat concept and a really just like a, it's a good kind of stuff happened in between episodes sort of thing. Like yeah, we built this infrastructure. Um, you know, so time you know time has passed. You know where they where they get all the pieces and stuff. You know, maybe that's a little something. But I guess also they were. I mean, they're on a they got a ship that was designed to like explore the galaxy and stuff. So probably a lot of this, a lot of this gear they had, or they were able to salvage. Like, I think, I think it's reasonable to think that they'd be able to salvage stuff. Okay. So they're talking and I don't know what they're saying. (laughs) Rat traps manning the, the calm and he's like, like, you know, what's new pussycat. You've reached good guy central or something. Oh yeah. He says good guy central. Yeah, he's like totally just like being like some kind of like radio show host kind of thing. Yep. Um yeah, I I uh I like I I I when when I heard him say good guy central, I was like more maximal propaganda. <laughs> Assuming that they're the good guys. Of course he did. <laughs> and so yeah, then the actual attack happens. Um, yeah, I think he like the Tiger, he Tiger the, the moment he asks is like, "Is anything going on out there?" And he's like, "Nope." And then they attack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "Wait, wait, no shit's going on." <laughs> Belay that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And the the communication race very slowly but surely falls on him. The Maximals are very uh, upset. And uh, yeah, looks like lose contact with Tiger Tron. Yeah, I mean, looks like uh, they, they don't know, they don't know the array falls at him, but we yeah. see it happen. Yeah, yeah. And oh, it's still I falling. Love, yeah, like I love how <laughs> they give they give he gives that look to like that dramatic zoom to uh, Rhinox and Optimus who were over there talking about the moon when after like Rat Traps like lost him. Like he's like literally like over over the array or over the accumulation panel screaming into it and he's like then looks suddenly to them and it just like zooms to them and and in like five in like a moment they're like okay we know what to do and they just Mm -hmm. optimus flies off right yeah i think i blinked and didn't like really catch that the first time through like like because they didn't make it a you know they didn't go to committee to decide what they needed to do so that's you know kind of 
it shows maybe it shows character development. We'll see if it like actually, you know, if they actually stick with that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I think it's I, interesting I, too. But it looks like he has a skylight exit now. Yeah, they they I mean, before uh, he would go down the thing and then right, fly yeah, and go away. through the elevator. Yeah, and I think they use that skylight again when uh, Air Razor leaves the base at some point. So I think they might have either it was there and they just had decided to start using it more, or they had it installed once they got another flyer, for sure. So, uh, so they had it. They got the they got the sunroof. They're like, well, before we just had one flyer, but now we have yeah. now we have two. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I got. I want to say actually, you know, because this is another Tigatron episode. I feel like Tigatron's been in like almost every episode since he was introduced. Like it's sort like, of. I think there's been only like one or two since he's been introduced that he was missing. Like it, and. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And even then, I think they like mentioned him, right? Like I'd say, I mean, I mean, Dinobot has been not in episodes too. Like it seems like they they made a point of saying, Tigatron saying, "Well, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not always gonna be around, but you know, I'll be I'll be out there if you need me, uh, you know, for the for the season finale episode, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> like for the very special episodes, I'll be there, but I'm you know I'm not always gonna show up." You know, kind of like I thought it was going to be kind of like Green Ranger or whatever, but he seemed he really does seem to show up kind of always. And I mean, Air Razor was introduced last episode and shows up in this episode, so we'll have to yeah. see yeah, how that I, keeps going. For some reason, I remember them being in it less than this, but I like that they are here more. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're uh, maybe maybe they're not in it as much later, or like I think I I suspect that the episodes that I watched tended to be earlier in the series because a lot of the early episodes and a lot of my memories of the series are those are the the tan wasteland episodes that for mm. the first batch pre tigertron so that may have been what they favored in syndication um that's that's true because i like the ones i remember watching growing up like before i like started to actually you know like I really like the series, so I'll try and watch it more, or record it when it's on, so I can catch it. Was I think during the second season when they did the transmetal stuff, and so like some of the characters were still around, but also like I remember more of the like the new shiny things that they right. did that they did than than opposed to what they did at first one. So watch like watching it from the beginning and in order for once is actually was like one of the nicest things that I was glad to was like oh now I see how you know. They they developed and 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 actually grew and stuff like that. You could say. So um so this next scene uh it does a very an extreme close up on uh Tigatron's gun. I almost said Dinobot again, and it really really looks like and and this it may be a uh, that it was referencing so, uh, another thing that is that this that this was also referencing. But it really looks like in Spaceballs when they're in the desert and they've abandoned her industrial strength hair dryer. <laughs> it's just sitting there. I, I'll bet the I'll bet it's like referencing a reference uh, referencing like a Western movie or something like that with it. But like I've got it, especially because I've got it free f- paused on this, and that gun really looks like a hair dryer. It does, yeah. When he knocked the array off, I was just thinking, well, now he knows what Waspinator feels like. <laughs> I'm also wondering how he flipped it off because when it goes, when it pans over to him after he throws it off, he's he's in the like the little shaped hole of him, like having not yeah, 
it looks like he's got no leverage where he would be. Like if 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 both his hands were in front of him, yeah, like okay. But mm. the way it is, it's like he's kind of like in like a, a zigzaggy kind of like pose where he's got one. He's got his uh, right arm up and his left arm down, and then his like two legs are well, kind of like in different directions, like. Well, I was and I was saying, and that and the it looked like he didn't actually was the one who moved it. Like he literally was just laying there. It suddenly popped off, and then it goes to him, and he like shakes his head and gets up. Maybe it blew yeah, I mean, on it. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, oh, if, if his hair dryer off the side, like that's his all he arms are in front of him. It wouldn't have made mm-hmm. more sense. But. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I, I would say, I mean. Whenever, whenever one of the Transformers does something that seems like it would be physically impossible, I just assume it's because they're robots and they're really, really strong. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, true. Like, I, I kind of feel like he's, you know, he probably, like, he pushed it off. Yeah, he didn't have any leverage or anything, but he pushed it off with brute strength, and then he sort of collapsed back for a second to, you know, get his regain his strength or something. And that's um, when we go back to it. It could be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe his tiger, his tiger face on his chest, like just like use its tongue to push it off. Maybe he, got, maybe his tiger face on his chest has eye lasers. Maybe, or maybe he has eye lasers, and we just didn't see it. I guess, <laughs> I guess his eyes are also looking in that general direction because everybody has eye lasers. So, well, we'll never know. So then, this weird cloud shows up. Yep. Yeah, another just like shot, like "Hey, I'm still here," and then he goes away. It, it kind of looked like too that um, like I thought it was gonna happen after he, he pulled, pushed it off of him because like the the two the uh, Predacon flyers that were attacking him but looked like they were going away, and I thought he was gonna like push it off and they were gone. Mm-hmm. But no, I guess after he pushes it off, they just turn around and keep shooting mm-hmm. at him. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a pretty. I mean, it's a pretty good fight scene. I think. Um, yeah, it. It does sort of. It is another one of those scenes that I kind of feel like they need to decide how strong the guns are. Yeah. Um. Because I feel like I feel like the Predacon's guns are way more effective in this than usual, and Tigatron is way less effective than usual. But um, I don't know. But then we get then we get Pterosaur's missile, which is not so effective. Right. So do you, and this is the first is this this is the first time that we see that missile too, right? His guns usually yeah. are like vaguely energy-ish, right? Yeah. So maybe that's I'll bet that Scorponok made that missile and that's why it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see that. I can see that. Because we've established um, like, that Scorponok does weird mad sciencey stuff. And like for the viewer, basically when Pterosaur comes flying in to shoot, instead of his his uh shoulder cannons that he sometimes has, he apparently Aims one of the cannons and a and a red missile with a with a grinning like shark tooth face on it just uh, is in it and he fires it right at Targetron. Yeah, it looks kind of like a firecracker after it like yeah. lands in the dirt too because it land it, it it lands and Targetron jumps and it, he 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 braces for impact and then nothing happens. And then the little the little thing yeah. like dang like uh the, the, the like what do one you call it? The fin, yeah, the one of the fins yeah. kinda kinda gets loose. It's kind of a good and good little gag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have um, um, doesn't really let that stand. Sorry, yeah, what Wasp saying? Yeah, is a badass. I have it freeze framed on Waspinator right now and it's like uh he's like looking down and pointing his gun. He looks like a total badass. 
Like that does not happen very often. No, but no, it is cool. And his gun is like a machine gun all of a sudden. Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess he played it on rapid fire energy instead of his normal darts. Right, right. It's a good setting for it to be on. You should use it more often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he he literally starts opening fire and Tigertron has to roll out of the way. Yeah, and, and but as yeah. yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, and Wasmeyer uses that to basically set off the bomb because he fires he fires at that missile and it explodes. Uh huh. Yeah, it's exactly. it's a good like he's way he's way too effective. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think I think this is also one of those things where like, uh, Wasmander's like good teamwork. Like I think that's kind of I mean like we make fun of him like he'll do whatever he says like that. But I think that's one of the actually one of his strong suits is that when he's teamed up with someone, the two of them seem to actually do fairly good things. Like they they're the work they do are is actually fairly like in line with what they what they need. Because if you think about it, a lot of times, it's only, I think, maybe one or two times when he's actually with someone. But usually when he gets beat up, destroyed, or everything, it's when he's on his own, or trying to do things on his own. Or or when he got in an argument with somebody and stormed off, and then then he's on his own, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I don't think he realizes it, though, either. And that, which is the problem, is, like, he thinks he's, like, he thinks he's the best in everything, and, and, and he'll go off and do things on his own, and then... And then he'll get his, his his butt kicked. And people are like, see, yeah. did you learn anything? And he's like, nope. <laughs> so you know what you know what that kind of that, that kind of suggests to me is it's like I felt like this about the Maximals a lot, where like if they just have like a little teeny tiny bit of organization, they could just completely dominate and just you know, just win. Uh the Predacons are even more disorganized than the Maximals. If the Predacons could all actually work together, like, and have a little bit of synergy and kind of have each other's back, because this is like one of the first instances of of a Predacon screws up and then another Predacon does something to to help the situation and doesn't just like you know rub it in his face or whatever. But yeah. like, like they're actually they actually are working together. Maybe that you're right. You got maybe you're just you're actually showing that. Yeah, team teamwork and stuff. Uh, but, but yeah. So uh, a lesson we can all learn: we all work well when we work together. Yeah, I mean, and like just real, just really like it's. I mean, neither of these, neither of these groups is particularly uh, uh, synergistic, as as we'd say in the business major world. Um, like they, you know, they don't really. Yeah, ne- neither group really works together that well. So. So yeah, when when you have a little bit of a little bit of organization, a little bit of strategy, it really makes a it really makes a pretty big difference. So yeah, Tigertron like gets hit and punched and stuff, and then vaguely falls into an abyss into this mysterious cloud. Yeah, the missile basically breaks off a, a whole section of the cliff. Yeah, like cracks it up, and he falls into the cloud. Mm-hmm. And now he's available on all our devices. Forever. And then <laughs> Tigatron gets added to the list of dead uh, of of the dead tally. Tigatron yeah. won because they definitely think he's dead. Yeah, they're, they're claiming parts. Yep, yep, they're looking for parts. They start arguing over the head. Yeah. <laughs> Who gets the head? Which I I think actually might be like not on purpose, but might be an interesting call forward if we ever get through the whole series. I'll have to I'll have to make I'm going to make a note of it because because. 
there's this one scene I'm remembering with Waspinator and involving heads. <laughs> okay. You, <laughs> you'll, you'll see ominous. what I mean. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so, it. so they go, they go out, they go down in after him. Um, and there's some vague energy attacks and, uh, explosions. And then yeah, we don't know what happens. So when you saw that, did you think that was Tigatron? No, uh, I thought it was something. Else. You thought it was something else. Yeah, because, like, I mean, I think his 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 energy weapons are a little more whitish, and some and like some of the ones we see are blue and yellow. So, I like I said, like uh, it's hard to remember because they change it up all the time. Mm-hmm. But I do remember some of the like blue stuff being more in line with uh, Waspinator and Pterosaur's weapons. But and Pterosaur's shoulder cannons tend to be a little bluey. Yeah, but I don't remember uh, Tigertron's being yellow. Mm-hmm. At the same time, he does have a similar gun to uh, Cheetor, whose whose quasar explosions are yellowish. So yeah. who knows? True, true. I just I, when I saw that, I, I totally I thought it was I thought it was one of those like uh, sort of off camera pow pow bang bang, and then Tigertron was gonna you know cut to Tigertron, and he's and he's in good, and he's perfectly fine. And the other two are like, you know, have uh, they're seeing stars or something. But I was wrong, like I usually am. Um, so we cut to one of the bases. Which base is this? Uh, the Axelon. That is the Axelon. Okay. And I'm not sure what's happening. Oh, they're ta- think, are they talking? Yeah, to, yeah, are they talking to Optimus? Like, upset okay. and, and hoping that he found Tigertron. Yeah, he's like, you can't, you can't leave my cat bot behind, my fellow cat bot. Something like that. Not the exact line, listeners, mm-hmm. but again, none <laughs> of us have subtitles. Yeah. And I didn't write a summary. <laughs> so the, the, nice bit of, uh, the nice bit of continuity here or attention to detail or whatever you want to say, Optimus has fixed the communications array. Yeah, it's, it's up and running with that laser bounce off. So he's basically using what Tigertron usually checks in with. Which just, I didn't I just, even notice that. I didn't even think about that when I first watched it. I just, yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> you also can see like the fin from that missile that uh, Waspinator oh, blew yeah. up. Oh, is that it? And, uh, yeah, I think yeah, so. and the and the face is like what I guess they went to a commercial because I think that's what the shot opens up with in the in the in the frozen part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. I just that I just really appreciated that little you know attention to detail, just that little that little piece because. You know, sometimes they really do. Sometimes they really do like play a little fast and loose with the rules of whether or not you can, whether or not the comlinks work when they want yeah. them to. Yeah, totally. Long pause. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I was. Just, um, oh, oh, I, was I found the, I found say. the, um, the, the, the quotes on the IMDb of the, of that thing that you were saying. So Optimus says, Optimus to base. Cheetor says. We hear you, big bot. What's the cinch? Where's my fellow cat bot? Optimus Primal. <laughs> this place has seen some heavy action and it doesn't look good. Tigertron's footprints lead to a broken ledge. We have to face the vin- the grim possibility team. Tigertron may have been destroyed. Say it ain't so, big bot. Not our striped scout. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think, like, they go on further and, uh, like... Uh, Optimus says that it looks like he was attacked from the air, and Dinobot counters like mm, Waspinator and Pterosaur. 
with Wat Trap immediately like was like, oh, thanks for the uh, for the inf- like the info. Like, do you want your consultant fee or something like that? And they yeah. start arguing, quipping, which I find yeah. absolutely hilarious because not only is it they're doing that, but Rhinox just turns to them and he's like, not now, and they just <laughs> and it just like shuts them up. Speaking I got- of Rhinox being in charge, like we I don't think we mentioned it, but I, uh, earlier when like the Tigertron's in trouble and they have to go send someone out. It's Rhinox who says, like, go to Optimus. Mm. It's not like Optimus yeah. is like, oh, should I? And Rhinox is like, yeah, go do it. And then Optimus leaves. That's kind of interesting that, like, Rhinox was the one who took charge in that situation. Okay. So he's the one. I feel like that happens a lot where Rhinox is, even though he doesn't want to be the leader, he sort of he sort of steps up when he when he needs to be. He's kind of the reluctant, um, the, sort of the reluctant uh, leader yeah, like, kind of type person. Maybe yeah. he has more experience like more experience and he realizes a lot of the characters like look to him for guidance for whatever mm-hmm. reason and so he knows that sometimes he has to you know just give that nod or whatever so oh oh so that okay keep keep that keep that in mind i'm i've got a i'm gonna add a question to the questions uh because okay. i thought of a question today um at okay. the end of the episode because i think we're flying through this episode so um <laughs> now that we don't have greg interrupting us constantly and <laughs> Getting us off track. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I gotta say I'm I am like a hundred percent on Rat Trap's side there though. Like like he says he says you know oh they were attacked from above and it's like yes it was pro- yeah it was probably the two people that are enemies of ours that can fly. <laughs> it's like it's like duh Dinobot. Like I'm usually he be a dick about it. <laughs> I am usually I am usually like like the most the most anti rat trap like the most pro Dinobot in their little squabbles because you know <laughs> rat trap is a is a terrible racist. Um, but I got to come down on the side of the racist on this one. Like Dinobot is just being a stupid Predacon. Oh, and I I did say like you know Rhinox shuts them up and makes them stop talking, but the minute he does turn around. Like Rat Trap kind of like flit, like sticks his thumb on his nose and wiggles his fingers at him while Dinobot like makes a face at Rat Trap. So, <laughs> yeah, so totally. like they just go to silent mode. <laughs> that's that's good. They're children. Well, they just probably actually, although although the fact that the fact that Dinobot isn't just happy that there's a that there's a dead person or like convinced that this is actually a dead person, I I have a feeling Rat Trap doesn't actually think that Tigertron's dead. Like, like at this point, he's like, this happens every week. We think that one of us <laughs> is dead and there never are. So I was, I was, I was going to, I think I was thinking about it when I first watched the episode, but when he's like, we got to face the reality that Tigertron might be destroyed. And it, and it switches back to like the maximal being a surprise. It's really funny. If, if like, it kind of like it, it lingered on that shot for a moment. And then it has doubt about going like, yeah he hasn't been as he hasn't been as excited about about his comrades getting killed in this uh in these last couple episodes so i'm i'm hoping that i'm hoping that that fan theory doesn't go away um so yeah there there's some talking and oh yeah there's the there's the close-up on the missile Yep. I, I'm probably like way behind where you guys are, because he's still talking, 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 talking. <laughs> it would be really nice and if we had subtitles. The, yeah, and then it, it goes to the dark side after a little bit more talking. <laughs> yeah. 
The air razor is is scoping it out. Yeah, using that weird iris uh, telescopic lens eye thing. That yeah. I, Optimus did something like that before in in when he was in uh, ape mode, right? He did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think he did. So maybe uh, they do have like some like robotic t- things that they can use in beast mode that they just don't use as often as as you think they would. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Use it often enough. I remember Cheetor doing it a few times. Like, yeah, right now. Well, they. I mean, they do the they do the the comlink. Oh yeah, that's right. They do the comlink when they're in beast mode. It was that part like a, a couple episodes ago, or maybe it was last episode yeah. where Cheetor like taps his chest with yeah. paw. <laughs> this is here's the here's the uh either the grunge look is coming back or uh or yeah. or, the, or something happened to those two because uh, i and i just love the way they the way that um the way that pterosaur and waspinator look like they just they just look like crap especially pterosaur like looks like a burnt chicken like <laughs> it looks like he's missing some of his wings like, i don't understand he's how shot. he's physically flying yeah it is it is kind of <laughs> really bad like structurally he's he's really beat up yeah yeah but it's just it's uh interesting then i mean you know i guess pterosaur actually you know the explanation would be that pterosaur's flying probably isn't necessarily like utilizing the aerodynamics of his wings like the wings are just for show because clearly i think it i think it does Hmm. i mean maybe i mean Maybe it does, but I'm saying that in if it it wouldn't that wouldn't work in this scene. So I'm explaining. I'm just trying to explain this scene. Maybe he's his, his robotic body is is holding up, even though he's in beast mode. Yeah, yeah, or some or something like that. There's because clearly he's got the technology to basically just be be weightless, like to just levitate because he doesn't have. It's not like there's constantly rocket boosters going when he's in when he's uh, in his robot form. Yeah. I think he forgets about it sometimes, though. <laughs> and then uh, Megatron's then we mad. See him, yeah, talking. Ares goes off to to tell the Maximals what she saw, and then uh, it goes to Megatron's close up. And he's like, "And wait, what did he? What did he? He says like, Tigatron did this to them, and they're like, no, a giant mom- monument. Yeah, a monument. <laughs> yeah." <laughs> and, they, and then he goes into a flashback of what happened in the cloud. But yeah, like I'm looking at Pterosaur in this shot here, and like there's there's chunks of his wing missing, like and it's all black and stuff. Like and he's he's, he's like stuff. and he's like short circuiting in those parts too, like yeah, yeah. zaps and crackles. Like yeah, well, yeah, because they're like in because these because his beast mode's damaged, so yeah, and it's trying to repair <laughs> itself. Yeah, yeah. And, Spin it uh, goes to the flashback, yeah. And then and then Tigatron's running back and forth and shooting them. And uh but luckily yeah, he's um down. he's not uh he's not in the line of sight of the weird monument thing. Uh yeah, which has that like weird was it like Illuminati eye thing? Yeah, it's kinda like it's almost got the feel of like an eye of Sauron kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It looks really creepy when it first when the eye first gets into the shot, like I was like, whoa. And it pulls out of bed. I'm like, oh, okay, it's just kind of like a monument thing, but it looked pretty creepy for like a second there. It's like a kind of like an obelisk, you know, with a yeah. with a pyramid cap, and there's uh-huh. like eyes on all the faces of the pyramid that's on top. 
and then it just blows the shit out of yeah. Waspander and Pterosaur. Oh, you can see little windows on it. Yeah. In the, flash, in the little flashback, there's like little windows underneath it. I also like how after he finishes story, uh, uh, Pterosaur kind of gets woozy and just literally just collapses onto Waspinator. Yeah. And Megatron just immediately goes, we must have this weapon. Like, he's no like mocking to the camera. He's like, he's like saying this all to <laughs> us, the audience. No concern for the fact that his that one of his minions just almost died, or is dying, or is dead. Indeed. And then he tells them to get to the CR chamber. <laughs> like, like they're in condition <laughs> to drag themselves any further. Which is uh, kind of punctuated by that like limp little like uh, attempt at of Pterosaur trying to get back up and then just falling back down. Yeah. Oof. I think he's pretty much Megatron saying, like, oh, we need to get to the thing before the Maximals do, essentially. That's what his, his whole monologue boils down to. Yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, there is... I remember when I first watched this, like, even though we don't have captions, when he orders... Uh, he orders Black Arachne and Scorpion out to get to the, you know, to secure the land the island like immediately black arachne is like you don't care that this alien technology is just floating around like where it came from or who created it like she's actually like uh concerned about the what and the where or like yeah, the she's what a bit more who. inquisitive yeah and he which i think is a fair point you know with all the other alien stuff that they've encountered it might be kind of interesting to know what what's going on but he immediately counters that uh it's a weapon that has that they can use against the Maximals and Tigertron's already on it. And so, you know, we need to get it before he tells them about it or secures it. Yeah. So, I mean, they're fighting about it, but they actually both bring up pretty damn good points. Totally. And can I just say, I just still don't like that Megatron has a hand. <laughs> <laughs> like, I honestly, like, I thought, I put a lot of thought into this this morning when I was watching this. I think when I was, um... When I was a, a kid, I actually liked that, and I didn't like that the toy didn't have one. Um, but now, as an adult, I wish that he didn't have one, or that it was the same as the toy, one way or the other. Like, you could have designed the toy differently. But it just really bugs me, because, like, everything else about him is exactly toy accurate, <laughs> except for the one little thing. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I don't know, like, if, if he could take it off, he would never have a hand. So, I mean, kind of have to... Checks yeah, well, that's that's the point. Is that's the whole like he should never he shouldn't get to have a hand. He has a T Rex <laughs> for a, a face. Like, like it's a, I don't know. I feel like it's a it's a it, an interesting character. Something. I mean, Scorponok doesn't have hands. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I'm you know it's it's a personal thing, a personal opinion. Um. Uh, and so, yeah, so let's take a short break. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before, or, or I was going to say, break, to finish what? out this, this yeah. scene. Go for it. When, when uh, like, Black Anarchia is like, oh, fine, and just tells, come on, Scorponok, and they and she goes to leave, uh, Megatron calls Scorponok to him. Yeah. And there's a scene of, like, him whispering in her in uh, Scorponok's ear while Black Anarchia is, like, looking at them. It's like, to me, it's like, they're talking about me, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't, anyone would think that they saw that. Yeah, and then they leave. 
And that's when the scene ends, and that's where we'll have our break. Okay, cool. Break. Okay. Beast Wars. <laughs> Okay, so welcome back to War and Beast, the podcast that is maximizing your weekend. Um, nice. That's what nice Greg always simple. says on the Facebook yeah. posts. So uh, anyway, um, so we're uh, my video playback is on the ship that looks like a face, uh, the Axelon. Um, something's going on inside of it. Oh, they're I talking to Air Razor. Air Razor, yeah. Yeah, and she says like they are totally scrapped, and uh, Optimus is like that's not uh, that's not Tigertron's mo, you know, defend yeah. himself, yeah, but not out to destroy. Which I don't know about that. Which, I mean, like, yeah. there's been plenty. He he started plenty of fights. Every, every yeah, other time that we've seen least. Tigertron, I mean, he's maybe like not to destroy, like 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 he was saying, but not exactly. He won't start fights. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even in this episode, like, like he's, you know, rather than, you know, he's, he got knocked on uh, down onto a cliff, and the second that he sees the two, the two bad guys that just defeat, that just bested him in, in battle, he's just running back and forth and shooting them. Like, I, I really think that, uh, although they kind of try to make Tigatron seem to be the, um, you know, the sort of, uh, I get kind of a kind of a Zen Native guy. American stereotype from him, uh, you know, one with nature kind of thing. Yeah, like a peaceful whatever. I don't think that we've actually like in his actions that he, we've actually seen that. Also, also now that I've been racist, is it sexist that I think Air Razor's voice kind of sounds like an old woman? I. I don't know if that <laughs> you don't know if that's sexist. I don't know. Yeah, like she's mm. definitely she's definitely got her voice is definitely different from a traditional cartoon cartoon character female voice. Um, and it's interesting because it's got a little bit of rasp to it, kind of like yeah, kind of like an old woman. Or I was thinking more of just someone with military experience, kind of thing, like the a harder harder edge. Oh yeah, yeah, it's that's definitely a deeper voice in most like women characters but i mean yeah yeah i can yeah. see the i can see she's the not military young I, sound yeah, young, yeah. also yeah also i always thought for some reason i always thought of air razor as being really young so um, okay well, probably kind of, because like, she's short or something like that yeah but. yeah she's got a kind of a um a petite frame oh and when when uh prime primal mentions that he doesn't uh, isn't outright to destroy uh it f- flicks over to rap trap and dinobot who are at the table also listening in and and dinobot's like it's like a mistake that he that he surely should not have made before or something like that like you know like he should 
basically saying that yeah, he should shoot to kill, not to not to maim or hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called <laughs> and, the Beast Wars, not the Beast Peace. Yeah, yeah. and, and Ratrop's like, well, normally I don't like agreeing with him, but he's kind of right. <laughs> you know, with Predacons, he kind of do want to do that, especially with certain ones right now. Yeah. It's, it's basically what he then says to that. Just rip it on Dinobot. Yeah. Start they're really, shit they're, out. Yeah, they're, they're really got this stuff going back and forth. And it looks like Dinobot's about to, like, <laughs> like lay into him when, when Cheetor comes in. Mm-hmm. And what does Cheetor do? Because he comes in, but I don't know what he says. I think he's he's telling how... Yeah, he's that's when he tells um, Scorponaut and Black Anacria are basically booking it to uh yeah that's it to okay. where the cloud was although i don't think he you know mentions the cloud but that's basically they're just booking it somewhere and that's yeah. where they're heading yeah and then i think they're just basically is like do you think that means that tigertron's alive or whatever and primal's just like well let's hope so mm-hmm. and then that's where we actually get a good view of the island uh Tigertron kind of comes out, and uh, and also this scene, like this scene, I think particularly, I realized looks way better than that other one because it is like literally a, uh, you know, it's it's a similar setup to the one that was in Dark Designs, um, where it's like a kind of just a nice, he calls it tropical. I don't know if I would quite call that area tropical. Yeah, but it seems more tempesty. I guess like the trees, like the leaves of the trees, kind of look palmish, but that's just on a few of them. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, he is a white tiger, so he probably doesn't have, you know, to him because he's used to the <laughs> he's used to the snowy areas. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> it would be nice if that made you more angry, John. I I think I feel like you don't you don't get uh you don't get I mean, riled I could play up it enough off for you, if you'd like. Yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> Um, we're not, we're not that, we're not that podcast. <laughs> we're the, we're the, we're the podcast on audio entropy that actually, uh, watches a good cartoon and tries to analyze it rather than just making fun of, uh, bad shows. <laughs> not that, although also I don't think that the other shows on audio entropy are bad. I just think that the hosts say that they're bad a lot, which I think is, I don't know, also might be emblematic of, of taking a a show that was meant to be watched in syndication when it's on and analyzing it and talking about it for hours on end. Uh, yeah, but totally reprised people are actually saying about how season two of totally spies is legit. Good. Oh, is, I, so, that we'll is not one of the, that is not one of the podcasts that I listen to. So I have a limited <laughs> see, the percentage of audio entropy podcasts that I listen to has gone down as more have appeared. So, although I did, I did. Sense. I mean, if you don't, if you don't listen to every single one, yeah. the more there is, the less you listen to. Yeah, right? I, I did add one. I did decide to start listening to All Along the Watchtower, and it's, uh, it's pretty good. Except for I disagree with uh, their position that uh, that Christmas with the Joker is a bad episode. Christmas with the Joker is a great episode of Batman <laughs> the Animated Series. Um, for a lot of, and it, I, yeah, um. So uh, so well, there's a, the audio entropy cast, but we talk about other audio entropy shows. I mean, that's the <laughs> whole that, like doing. like literally the first like one of the first times or the first handful of times that we were mentioned on Teenagers with Attitude. Zach was like, "It's a bunch of listener. It's a, it's a bunch of fans of Teenagers with Attitude that are talking it's about true. Beast Wars." Yeah. So I think Which I think that, 
we're allowed to we're allowed to talk to talk about the other other podcasts on the network because we are the podcast of for the we're the we're the people we're for the people. We're, they actually, we're, they actually <laughs> plugged us again in a recent ish episode, and I was like, oh, thanks. Zach. They they this week's episode they did actually sixty eight they did they might have been sixty nine as well yeah and sixty nine as well yeah yeah so oh cool thanks yeah, thanks Zach yeah. Yeah, uh, it was a it was a subtle thing. It was like uh, they were talking about other other '90s shows that should have podcasts was the question, and and somebody said, "Oh, well, they should really do one about Beast about Transformers Beast Wars show." <laughs> it was, it was a very subtle, very subtle plug. Um, nice, but, nice, but yeah, but appreciate it. I still, uh, yeah, I still um, get excited when I when I hear that because I mean, you know. I actually, you know, used Google to find the Power Rangers podcast uh, when I discovered uh, Teenagers with Attitude. So it's like, you know, they actually have a following, and you know, it's nice that we've had the opportunity to uh, join with them and stuff. And yeah, all along the Watchtower is good. And uh, Let's Place had a new episode today, you know. So yeah, I saw it with Horde, and I played Horde. Yeah, it, the new, the new greatest game of all time. Really, I haven't listened to it yet, so yeah. I'm looking. Forward I'm sorry, to spoilers. It. <laughs> I don't think it's really so much spoilers as just listening to how they get there. Oh yeah. yeah. It's kind of kind of part of the experience. So Yeah. I started listening to Let's Plays specifically because I wanted to listen to like some one of those podcasts where they they make a they have a discussion and come to a definitive answer about a topic that I completely had no did not care at all about, which which became video games. But the bad thing happened that I started having opinions. On, about video games because of Let's Plays, like a hundred percent. I did not, oh, no. you know, I never would have played half the games that I've played in the last year if not for Let's Plays. Whether even whether directly, like because I heard about it on Let's Plays, or just because sort of Let's Plays got me. You know, I went to a video game used video game store looking for California Speed and bought lots of other Nintendo sixty four games because of that. I've, I've been I've, I've, it's like I've been chasing that high but uh, speaking of chasing that high there's a butterfly and Tigertron's yeah. in the thing go from that to the nice tranquil scene of Tigertron exploring this new land and beast mode mm-hmm. and uh, when I saw that butterfly I was like man it'd be cool if there was a if there was like if that was a foreshadow for there being a butterfly beast war like that would be cool nice. you think a butterfly would be a maximal or a predicon Oh, that's, a, that's a really good question because, like, I mean, you'd think it would be yeah, pretty because the insect thing, but but so. butterflies are so like usually they're like, oh, they're good guys, but it'd be kind of cool to have like a bad guy butterfly, and I, and I imagine his name would be Monarch. <laughs> oh, definitely. It's <laughs> so the only name you can name a butterfly. <laughs> would it have uh, Doctor Mrs. the Monarch voice or the Monarch's voice? I I don't know, but. I mean, like, even if it wasn't a monarch butterfly, they would call it that just because that's like the perfect name for. Right, actually, that's true. It would specifically not be a monarch, monarch butterfly. It would be that weird <laughs> tropical-looking butterfly, but they would call it monarch. I agree. Just trying to make a Venture Brothers reference. Right, right, yeah. Sorry. I, I, <laughs> okay. I heard the Venture Brothers I've reference Venture Brothers here and there, but I don't like know it super well, so I was like, "Yeah, I guess what you were doing." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's like it didn't need to be because that's still like the name for a for a butterfly beast wars character. Like there is no yeah. other, uh, th- there is no other name. 
yeah, he's uh, he says falling a butterfly, and then he like comes across uh, these rocks, and they have, they the, have these symbols well, on them. Yeah, and then and then I guess the the island gets mad at him. Yeah, <laughs> for reasons. I thought I thought it was weird because like, he's in beast mode and everything. I thought maybe they'd be like, oh, he's chill. Um, what do you guys think that symbol looks like? Um, oh. I mean, like, I have an idea in my head of what it looks like already, but I want to hear you guys. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to remember. Like, I had, I remember when I first saw it, I had an idea, but then I can't remember what it was. I don't think it looks like anything particular to lore or anything like that, if that's what you're getting Oh, at. no, just, no, it's just, I'm just trying to remember what it reminded me of, like, when I first saw it. It reminds me of, like, like, a, like an archer, possibly even, like, a centaur archer, because of how it's got, like, two huh. sets of legs. Yeah, it kind of does look like Sagittarius that. type thing. I'm trying to find it again. And it, uh, he only passes one symbol when all that stuff goes goes off. So maybe it was just like one of those, you know, tripwire things. Yeah, it's like a warding thing where if you cross it, then yeah, it's like, a trap room from D and D. It does. It like, does he, seem odd that the island attacks him. Okay, so that oh, it's like an it's like an anchor with the tree. Yeah, I can see the anchor too. Yeah, but yeah. I, I thought archer. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I see that too. It, it definitely looks weird. It doesn't seem like it's in the style of like Cybertronian or anything. Like it's, no. it definitely seems uh, like a different a different language. But yeah, it's like why is the island attacking him? He was nice. Yeah, and I think later, well, maybe not this episode. They like point out that those symbols do kind of act like an actual like. Like a sensor, uh-huh. like if you go if you go past it or if you touch it or you go the wrong way or something like that, the item just the island will just automatically attack you. Uh-huh. They're they're literally just uh, set booby traps that you know you that you are supposed to avoid as opposed to uh, have to worry about like accidentally saying off. They'll just go off if you go that way. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. so so the idea is that if you were one of the people that was supposed to be there, you would yeah you would see it. Okay. But it still seems it still seems odd that the island, especially with the information that we have from this episode, that the island would attack him just for being there. But if he uses yes, but which this is what we've just got come to using energy weapons specifically triggers the big the big gun on the on the Eye of Sauron up there. The whatever. Just so just so the in case the audience hasn't seen it, what he's attacked by is basically giant boulders on cables they are like the cables basically spring up and are like tense with the boulders on the end to basically crush him with the rock and they just are like it's like a catapult except they don't let go so it's just basically trying to smash him yeah it's kind of a weird overly specific setup which i guess that that does kind of lend itself to if you knew the if you knew the way to get to to walk around on the island you wouldn't trip anything yeah, and I think that's also part of the like the traps being of the island itself. Like whoever made it made it so that it was like of natural formations or like very basically li- very little that the island had to do or risk would have like problems with if it was actually like mechanical. So I'm trying I'm trying to think how to phrase this. Well, okay, I'm going to ask you a question, Jordan, and just answer it with yes or no without going without explaining because this does okay. it does have to do with future events of the show okay um, 
so between this and the Stonehenge thing and other stuff um that maybe that even I, the probe yeah yeah uh yeah the stuff that, that was yeah Stonehenge thing well not yeah not no not the probe like the stuff that's all this like alien or human or earthy whatever stuff do they give a definitive explanation or is it always kind of weird and un un or, well, okay, so do they – answer yes. yes or no. Do they give it a yes. definitive expl- they do explanation? Give, they do give an answer. Okay. And okay. I, I was going to say like it's still – like it's kind of a little vague and open-ended. Mm-hmm. So for so it's up to interpretation, but it does explain quite a lot. Okay. Like it's not it's not like basically one of those things where like they give you an explanation and you're like, that that didn't tell me anything. Like okay. it does it does it does explain stuff. Okay, that's that's cool. Yeah, I just um, I actually like. I I think a lot of times on shows these like kind of weird, mysterious things um are way more interesting before they get explained. Um, the X Files is the best example of that. Like the uh, the big conspiracy alien abduction storylines were way better when they were just sort of vague illusions than when they were like, oh, actually, it was these aliens that abducted your sister Mulder. Um, yeah, yeah. A lot of people say that about like even like Silent Hill, where it's like it was more interesting before you knew it was about the cult. Except but, for um, freaking the end. X Files needed to actually end at the end of that miniseries thing. That was not an ending. Yeah. Um. This is like off tangent to like what we we're saying, but it's all related to Beast Wars. I always, every single time I see like Tigertron's like chest eyes, they make me uncomfortable. Like they just look like these cold, like dead. Tiger eyes, or like, or like the tiger just like. <laughs> so he's got like, a, uh, like he killed a tiger and he has it mounted on his chest. Yeah, yeah, it just looks, it just looks so weird. Like, like so he wait, like he's really, he's pre- really, uh, he's either dead or really uninterested in what's mm-hmm. going on. <laughs> it's, See, uninterested. I, I almost wish they would react. I yeah, I was gonna say if they started following you when you moved around, though, would that be more disturbing? Uh, I don't know. I don't just see it. I guess, but I mean, like. I, I think subtly, like if he's like, surprised, if the tiger like opened its eyes wide, or something, would be kind of funny looking. I kind of would like that. Oh man, how crazy would this be if Tigertron, and and particularly Tigertron, because he has his identity circuits are messed up. If Tigertron actually had a different personality when he was in beast mode, and then when he went into robot form, like that head, like still talked to him. Oh my god, it'd be wow. weird. I gotta like, like it though. It'd be that like the White Ranger. <laughs> Sobbing. Yeah, he's the white Whatever tiger. He'll have his falcon yeah. zord. Tigertron really is like Tommy because he's like got the green and he has the white and he's a white tiger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um and he's the sixth ranger. I mean I mean yeah, yeah, he's definitely the sixth. So if he's the sixth ranger, then who's Air Razor? The there's there's been beyond a six before. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. Like They've, RPM, uh, uh, yeah, RPM has seven, right? Yeah. I. Yeah, because it starts. Oh, yeah, with... a little bit of RPM, so I'm not sure. But specifically, like their six ranger oh. is a six and seven as a duo. Right. Oh. Yeah, the gold and silver. Huh. Uh, but 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 don't um. But it's actually like kind of a big reveal. So if you don't like, I won't say any more. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's because RPM is actually a good show. You should watch it. Like it's it's like 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 and and just and if if you've heard that it's good, people are right. 
<laughs> I I I actually told my father-in-law to go watch it. I'm sure he won't, but <laughs> but I did, you know, I did tell my my 55-year-old father-in-law to watch this Power Rangers show from 10 years ago. I will say the only thing I don't know about RPM is the theme song. I think it's really bad. It's one of the worst Power Rangers theme songs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The it definitely has, I mean, I don't like the Megazords or the special effects or yeah, or the theme song or most of the fighting. Um, I like, I mean, but, but the, uh, <laughs> what do you like at that point? Well, the, char- like, the acting like is like, the acting is like a million times better. The storytelling is a million times better. Um, the characters are a million times better than a lot of, a lot of other seasons. I haven't seen, I guess I shouldn't say a lot of other seasons, but the seasons that I've seen, um, it's definitely like, it's just sort of an, the quality it's like across the board, the quality is a notch up, but the, um, the, the it does suffer from some of the bad CGI that they the, of the time and yeah the um there are def there are also some a- aspects yeah like the theme song that are just like oh yeah it's still it's still got some of the bad parts of random Power Rangers like well, when I mean, you the separate theme song, it from I would nostalgia. say like the theme of the Power Rangers are usually pretty good like they're usually pretty rock and tunes RPMs like they're butt rock they're not good but they're enjoyable uh-huh. rpms is just it's just like aggravating and mm. I, I don't like it at all like yeah it's, i it's just yeah. I, I think i assumed that other other power rangers from that era had similar theme songs but i guess i don't actually know that because i guess i don't really know of, spds or whatever but i mean like yeah i don't know like time force zeo uh the, mm-hmm. power rangers down of thunder is what is probably my favorite like there's a lot of good ones in there, but this isn't a Faraday podcast. So you get back to peace. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I, I'm yeah. This talk, but. So Dinobot uh, almost gets shot. Tigertron. Uh, Tiger <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like one of the rocks almost. Because well, I just said Dino Thunder transforms and blasts it, or well, he transformed before the rock <laughs> started him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I would say. I've I have like four or five times almost said Dinobot and corrected myself to say Tigertron. Um yeah. so I've said a lot of uh so the fact that I screwed up a couple of times. You're right, his chest head thing does look a little bit creepy. Um <laughs> So yeah, he he's like, Okay, I'm I guess I guess it doesn't like energy weapons. Let me be a visitor, not an invader. And then he goes back know. into beast form. I think he was being a visitor before that too. It's because the traps happened. You know, that's not your fault, right? right. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. The, the island's not made for visitors. You know what you're doing, and if not, you're really in trouble. Mm. Yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. Then we got Black Arachnia and uh, and Scorponok, uh talking. Um, this is way harder uh, than the. Uh, does Greg have subtitles on his? He must. He does. I, I think. He, I think he downloaded. Um, Subtitle tracks you can put on. Okay. His DLC. He's using DVDs, just to be clear. But I think he put them on his computer and uh-huh. then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have I have the DVDs and the DVDs do not have subtitles. Yeah, oh oh! I, I made a joke exactly. in my notes when this happened. So um, <laughs> okay. So uh, uh, Scorpionok he shoots his uh, he shoots his B thing at the island, and um, and it cuts to like the B. Uh, eyes, and I said that he should adjust the settings on his B to 256 colors, because it 
It definitely looks like like an like an old. Does he say that? No, no, no. That's what I said <laughs> because it definitely looks like an old, an old, an old computer game that's set on sixteen colors instead of two hundred and fifty-six oh, yeah, colors. It totally does. I mean, you think of like a Sega CD. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, maybe that's why it's a little bee and not like a giant bee. Oh, so it's like it's like uh, it's like he's he's. He li- he sees in sixty four bit graphics, but it's like it's like just barely thirty two bit graphics on the B because it's like compact. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. You got to be like a generation behind, especially especially in the nineties. You know. Yeah, and he like he like um he starts seeing out of the bee's eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we were clear about that. Yeah. And the bee yeah. flies up to the the island and starts scoping it out. And it actually looks. I mean, it actually looks pretty cool. Like this episode looks really good. I. I mean, I guess it's the mid-season finale two-parter, so it makes sense that they would continue to keep it looking good. But I just, I continue to be like, we have a few moments where in the show where it looks bad, but like considering this is computer animation technology from the mid-nineties, I feel like it holds up really well. Yeah, and it is like I think like it's like maybe the third CG show ever. Yeah. Like maybe I know I know reboot was the first, so yeah. I mean I uh, I don't it's it's if definitely there was one, if there was one after reboot before this I don't know what it was actually. Yeah. I know that mainframe made another show I can't remember what it was called mm-hmm. Shadow Planet or something or Shadow Warriors. It was a space show that I never got into. Yeah. But um yeah. But it's definitely early CG which which has is notorious for not looking good. You yeah, know, Star Wars Episode One came out three years later, and it doesn't hold up particularly well. The 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 CG effects and and the and, uh, that- Star Wars Special Edition came out a year after this, and and some of the CG effects in that, like the Moss Eisley scene, really doesn't hold up well. Yeah. I think it does help that this is not CG in a live action. Right, it's right. CG on yeah. its own. Right, right, yeah, yeah. So you can kind of go with, and I mean that's why that's also why reboot looks so good because, uh, I mean reboot's just basically a. Uh, it's a cart, you know. It's a cartoon, you know. It's it it can it can use the the limitations to its. Uh, it's like Mark Rosewater says, limitations and creativity and stuff. Yeah, and and maybe this is like this is like nostalgia bias, but like there's been other shows that have like extensive CG animation in them that I mean, it's probably nostalgia bias, but I think they look worse than this show. Like, mm-hmm. um, like not a lot of them. Like, I mean, there was there's there has some. The, the one I'm thinking of right now, I don't remember what it was called, but it was a show about these, like, kids who, like, ran into this alien girl who has this, like, um, alien, like, friend in her backpack, and they go into a video game to try and beat the video game before the bad guys do, to, for reasons. I don't remember, but <laughs> in the segments, it's I live action. Gonna... Oh, it's live action, and then... When they go into the video game, it's, like, 3D animated. Mm. See, and I, I, I don't, were and I don't point remember out those like the, the new adventures of Johnny Quest that had the cartoon and then CG stuff, which is like, oh, uh, or or or. No, I don't remember. This is like this is like something level one or like it was a Canadian show. I, th- I think. I think and I. Like, I think maybe I know what you're talking about, or maybe I don't. I do remember there being a show, and maybe the maybe the idea of of live action. And then going into CG was a, a trope in the 90s because definitely 
utilizing the virtual reality as if it followed the rules of actual reality was definitely a thing in the 90s. Uh, but <laughs> It was, was called Zix. Zix Level 1. Looking at it right now. Okay. That is not um, the show that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Holy shit, Mainframe show. did it. Aw. Yeah, Mainframe Entertainment came <laughs> on board to do the animation. IDT Entertainment, the company that owns Mainframe, took over distribution of the show. It was the first ever Mainframe <laughs> series combined live-action computer animation. <laughs> so, well, yeah, like... It goes to show you that even uh, a well-known company can't can't handle mixing like a bonus episode of the show. <laughs> that looks like that looks like a PS1 game. Yeah. Looking at the images of it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess they do look better than Beast Wars now that I'm actually looking at it, but I don't remember it looking good for the time. Like it wasn't good for the time. Like I mean, I don't think it looks I don't think it looks better than uh, th- this random image that I'm looking at. I don't think it looks better than Beast Wars. I think it looks more like a video game than Beast Wars. It looks so. like a PS2 game, I would say, like a really early PS2 game, like Jack and Daxter. I'm starting to think some of these are uh, fan drawings, though. S- sorry, people, we're just, like, we're just looking at um, yeah, Im- images of a TV show. But yeah, like it was. I, it's interesting to find out that it was mainframe. I think because it's mainframe, we should do a bonus episode of it sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. C- going back to, to the Beast Wars. It looks good, the show. That's what we're saying. Uh, yeah, like there was definitely good. another show that I was thinking of that had a similar premise that was live action, and then they went into virtual reality to, like, fight bad guys. But it was like a – it was almost – was it – Was it a 2D animated show? Was it Ultraman? No, I was, Isn't that oh, oh, you mean Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. No, but that wasn't 3D animation in cartoons. Oh, that's true. It was all live action, and well, there, there was a TV show about that well, was two D animation. That when they went to a video game or something like that, it was three D animation. I don't remember yeah. what the show was called. Code Lyoko. Yeah, Code Lyoko. Yeah, that thing. Lyoko, and like I said, Johnny Quest had a weird thing where like they would do a virtual, like they would do things in the virtual world or something like that, and they would go three D animation, and it was supposed to be like. It, it was horrible. Though, let me just say, I, I I don't know what why they did it. I remember that. I remember that series of Johnny Quest. I didn't watch too yeah, much. Like that was actually my first Johnny Quest that I ever saw. Was that series? I, I think like, that's the only Johnny Quest I ever watched, and I loved it. Although I have no <laughs> memory of it. Like I, remember, I, I, did, re- I never I watched Code Lyoko. Just remembering the 3D being rather bad, and mm. that's that's what I definitely remember. Like I mean. Compared to like what Johnny Quest was originally, the 2D animation wasn't that bad. Like it was, you know, pretty pretty on par with what was going on then. But for some reason, I just remember that the 3D animation just looked just oh, I, I cannot explain it. It's like basically like terrible like 3D poser image is, is of of characters just uh. Uh, I'll have to look it up later. I've got to get back to the show. Maybe, maybe I, it might, I might be my own say, personal co- like coloration for and yeah, memories totally. though. So, but um, I, co- I, want, I just wanted to say Code Lyoko. I never got into the show because of the giant alien foreheads of all the characters. I could just yeah. pass that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. That was definitely not the show that I was thinking of. I will someday find that show that I was thinking of, and I'll be like, "That's the show that I was thinking of." And you're well, like, "Oh yeah, that show." There was also a. Uh, Although it wasn't exactly, they went into a video game. There was Level Up, that was on Cartoon Network, uh, where where basically like they were 
there were a bunch of kids who like played this video game that got like messed up and was shooting out like real world monsters or characters and stuff like that. So it was like <laughs> real life was CG elements sometimes of fighting them and they had to fight back. Like I said, like All I, right. <laughs> I, it, I don't think it lasts very long. See, that looks vaguely familiar. No, it's just because it's a generic TV show with teenagers in it. Yep, pretty much. I don't. You know what? Actually, nope. Cartoon Network. You know, yeah, that must be that must have been after I stopped watching Cartoon Network because well, I don't remember them. It was after they did Tower Prepped, and I uh, oh actually twenty twelve. Okay, yeah. and yeah. I actually remember watching Tower Prepped, and I actually was like enjoying that series, and then they stopped it. Because apparently they didn't know how to market it to the large female audience they had with it. Uh huh. Yeah. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. What show are we talking about now? Tower Prep. Tower. Oh, not sure I've ever heard of it. Like it, it. I from what I've heard, it. I'm hearing a. I'm hearing Skype ring. Uh? Oh, never mind. Someone else is trying oh. to call me for a game. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was gonna say like Tower Prep kind of ran into an audience demographic issue like. And this is mostly just like, you know, rumors about what was going on behind the scenes of what uh, Young Justice and uh, was running into where it got a large female fan base, but the execs on the on the board did not weren't really sure how to market to there and to them or did not think like they're not going to buy merchandise for this series. So they just didn't they just ignored them and either canceled because they didn't get the demographic they wanted or they just didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, I yeah I, I hate that. Like yeah, I mean I, I felt that pain for your injustice. So I can I can relate to like any pain you felt for this tower defense show. You said tower prep, tower prep. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, if there was a if there was a TV show based on a tower defense video game, <laughs> I, I mean I'm sure you could do it. Uh, yeah. So Black Arachnia and Scorpion. <laughs> <out. laughs> So back to <laughs> did we, did we mention what happens to the bee? I forgot if we got uh, that. Tigertron pounces on it. And yeah, it's like yo, what you doing, son? True, true to cat <laughs> style. He captures the bee that's just flying around, buzzing him. Yeah, and it like cuts back to uh, Scorponaut who who seems visibly shaken by it. Like apparently, like he had his like, feedback. It feels like yeah, and it was and, his child. <laughs> <laughs> he did create it uh and like black american is like asking him what the he- what's wrong with him or whatever and and i guess he just like he's like well he found everything like they said but there's also tigertron there and so i guess she's like oh so what and basically shoots her gu- her spike gun at the at the island yeah a grappling hook thing that she has yeah and just like they just repel or like they just basically swing up onto the to the island, mm-hmm. which is when Air Razor comes in and sees them and says that Lasolina cloud line. Yeah, I thought it was. I, it's like I it's it like, like, like what is she Spider Man? <laughs> yeah, like like she says like uh, she's last is like what what is this and like zooms in on it. She's like is it's Black Arachnia Lasolina cloud, and then she sees them going up into the cloud and she's like. And she succeeded. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I, I like, uh, I wanted to say too, I like Black Arachnia, how her like voice cracks sometimes. Where like, yeah. she's like, Black Arachnia, terrorize! <laughs> like, she goes a really high pitch for like the terror part of that sentence. And yeah, the cloud thing is pretty. Does, and so. if I remember right, like, Scorponok notices Air Razor, right, when they're climbing up? Yeah, I, I was wondering if he did, because it looked like he did, but then he doesn't dream about it for a little bit, but then something happens. Yeah, and then they get to the island, and as they're climbing up, he shoots a missile, and it it really hits her. That's There's a little like bit a... later, though, because we cut the Tiger Trana. Oh, right, yeah. I'm sorry. That's yeah. Funny. Which, thankfully, in the American version, we don't have it pleading for its life. Yeah. <laughs> or Tiger Trauma would be much less sympathetic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because because in the American version it's just maximal propaganda. You know <laughs> murdering murdering children or or brainwashing them, reprogramming them. And yeah, creating as, child as soldiers. <laughs> as he's working on that, um he hears like a Par- Paragon Falcon call and looks up to the air razor, and then we cut to like Black Rackney has like grappling hook, which isn't grappled onto anything, but for some reason it's still working. <laughs> Let's grapple onto the cloud. Let's grapple onto like it, it, it's just lying on the grass, and then eventually it gets knocked oh, into like yeah. some rocks. But like at the beginning, it's just lying on the grass. Well, yeah, but uh, yeah, but you know physics. Like, I mean, they're animating it. They could have just made it be hooked onto something. I mean, like, <laughs> it's a little weird. I don't know. Physics, you know, it's like. Uh, That's an answer, just saying the word physics. Yeah, yeah. Science. <laughs> it, it's true. Kendall does have a PhD in science. <laughs> no, no, I. That is, that, is, that is not factual. Okay. I have a bachelor's degree in applied management, but that's that's the extent of my <laughs> education, and I spent a year in music school. I mean, and I don't think you have to like to like tell people you don't have a PhD in science since <laughs> <and> you can't. <laughs> but, I don't know. It kind of looks like it's it kind of looks like it's on it's on rocks. I think that's just bad. It does eventually, I, but it starts off just on the grass, and like no, those well, rocks don't look that stable. See, I think I think that it's. That's a situation that's actually suffering from the from the um, the lack of detail in the animation, because I sort of see that as it's it's in the rocks, but it's kind of adjusting itself. But it definitely does kind of look like it's just sitting in the grass. But it's just yeah, I feel like it's uh yeah, it's like a little bit of yeah. I guess on further um, inspection, it does look like the points are sinking into the rock. Right is what's happening. So maybe it was hooked onto the rock a little bit, but not that much. And then, all right, I I concede. <laughs> so uh, so so I went down that rabbit hole trying to figure out what that show was, and I still haven't figured it out. But um, <laughs> I want to start a podcast where we rewatch uh, tattooed teenagers from Beverly Hills. It sounds great. Oh my god! I remember that that it was on it was on like TBS or TNN or something like that. So yeah, it was like a station that so like, weird, like it was we o- we only got it when we were at hotel rooms when I was growing up. So it was like a spe- it was like a big deal that I got to watch it. And uh, and my mom was like, "That's just a rip off of the Power Rangers." <laughs> I was like, "No, I it's not." I think they kind of knew that, and that was the part of the point of that show. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was. I don't know. I probably saw two episodes, but I like always remember that. Plus, that title is awesome. 
Yeah. Oh, um, I did a little like research because I remembered a little quick like bit of trivia. Because and you know the eagle cry that you hear in most films and stuff, and 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 in the case that uh, was Air Razor's hawk cry is actually the sound of a red-tailed hawk. Like that's like the standard. Back to that... animorphs. <laughs> Tobias, back to animorphs. Uh, I should have known that's where. You, uh, but yeah. Oh like, man, that's that's once we after we get through the all the episodes of Beast Wars, we'll go on to animorphs and beast. <laughs> oh my god, I'd, I'd actually love that a rewatch of animorphs. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> too much of the TV show. Like I read the TV show. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I did, I did watch it a bit, but I stopped kind of watching it because it wasn't as good as the books. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was actually that was actually the first instance in my life that there was a property that I that I read the books and then I saw the adaptation and I was like, the books are better. Like, you know, it was that I was that guy about Animorphs, and that was the first the first experience of that. Um, but I, actually, the show um, I watched. A, a batch of episodes um, when when it came onto Netflix, and it I don't think I watched the whole thing, but it uh, it um, it did it does hold up actually pretty well um, for you know for what it is, and I think also a lot of the complaints that I had were that's not the same as the book. It takes them three seconds to morph instead of five minutes. You know, I wanted I wanted them to spend fifteen minutes of the of the twenty two minute TV show mid morph. <laughs> just like very that would, slowly that would be television yeah <laughs> well you know i mean you know i was i was not uh, aware of of how pacing works on tv when i was fetish. a small child well because like because i mean but it is true like like they in those animals books they they describe the that is a big part of the animals books is they describe the transformation and make it sound very grotesque as opposed to just a like computer a computer animation of i'm so, changing into oh, this thing so was it was was is animorphs a tf fetish thing then it could be that's like, I mean, that's what you're or, into were they purposely if, trying to do that i don't think so okay because <laughs> that's kind of oh maybe one of the writers because i mean like as we established <laughs> in, a, in, a, in an earlier thing that there was a uh, ghost writers on it maybe one of them was like ah oh, yeah i can't wait to write this scene <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe. I, I don't. I mean, because like, I mean, literally anything can turn any can turn someone on. So I mean, I'm sure someone <laughs> as a kid was reading that and they discovered something. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, especially that works. age group, twelve twelve year olds have some interesting minds. Um, yeah. The the also the one thing that I really remember about uh, animorphs is uh, is is there's a scene where they go to like a to like an alternate future that the Elemist. Uh, tells them, you know, this is this is what's going to happen. Uh, Earth's going to get taken over by the Yerks, and they they see uh, Visser three, and uh, and they're like, and he says he's talking about how how they had eaten Tobias the hawk. He says, "I'd never oh, had hawk before. It was a bit tough until I added barbecue sauce." <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, no. that line that's, has stuck with me. For, you I was know. just thinking that's why the Yerks invaded Earth. They just loved our barbecue sauce. <laughs> no, the Yerks invaded Earth because humans <laughs> are thing, so depressed that they're willing to give up there. their their freedom. It's crazy. It's it's like a super. That was deep stuff for 
you know, for children's media. Um, so, uh, Scorpinox shoots Air Razor, and yes. uh, yeah, and it, it lingers. Like, yeah, I noticed that for too. a like, little bit too long. It kind of felt like, like, like oh, some, it's, she's dead, but it's yeah, not her case. Major but, was going to happen, or or yeah, and we see a lot of feathers fall down, and and then it, and then eventually it cuts back to Scorpinox, and he's like, yes. See, I didn't, I didn't get that. I didn't get that sense. That's interesting. I mean, I, I just like you know, I never. It's you know, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. I'm getting, I'm getting desensitized about whether the person is dead. But it, I didn't get the sense that that was a death or a quote unquote death. Uh, well, it, shot. it just, it just lingers on it. For yeah. Like, it like, was, let me, let me count the seconds once we get to it. Like, I'm not, I'm not quite there in my episode thing. Okay, and while you do that, we can. Like, there's another scene after he goes, you know, like he celebrates his victory that you see Air Razor tumbling and I think Tigertron notices it. And then the t- the tower, the monument in the middle of that. It, of the it's about island. 14 seconds, the shot. Oh, wow. It's a yeah, long that shot. Is, yeah, that's, that's long. But yeah, like the tower powers up and basically zaps where uh, Scorponok and uh, Black Arachne are. And... Uh, I think they come out of the rubble and Black Arachne is like, okay, this means we gotta not use our weapons. Yeah, Black Arachne is smart. Yeah. I don't know how she came to that conclusion, though. She was yeah. watching the episode. <laughs> I mean, like, she's right, but, like, they literally they showed up and then things shot at them. It could just be the defense of, this, of the island. Like, it, there's... And it is, but, I mean, like, it, there's no reason to think that weapons set it off. Yeah. I... And... I, another thing is that I always like from what I thought before I thought it was energy weapons that set it off, and I'm trying to think how how like a missile's more physical and like propulsion than energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, energy's a really big thing too. Like yeah, bullets are technically energy weapons. The kinetic energy, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I mean, right. Well, yeah, but the term energy weapon implies like a laser blast. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying um, like maybe that uh, maybe that's how vague this, this uh, like, system thinks because like missiles set it off and they have a lot of kinetic energy comes yeah. out of missiles and like yeah, fire, no. which is like a energy. I'm not sure what the scientific term for like heat energy, thermal energy. Friction? That's what it would be. Thermal energy. Yeah, thermal mm-hmm. energy. Yeah, but the bee didn't set it off and. It probably had like electrical and other and other stuff. So yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe the island can sense intent. Yeah, you know, or like, like I mean, or just we- I mean weapons, like straight up weapons. Weapons make more sense than anything else. It's just like yeah. I, I think someone said energy weapons earlier in the episode, and now yeah. it's just weapons. Yeah, yeah. I know that. Um, I know that Tigertron says energy weapons. Um, but we don't yeah. have the the thing, so we don't know whether she said it or not. <laughs> but um. But I, mean, I don't know. I think it's I think it's kind of reasonable that they get there and then Scorponok fires a, a thing and then the gun shoots at him for her to say, you know, maybe you shouldn't shoot the gun because the big gun will shoot yeah. at us, especially especially after the th- the same thing had happened to the previous two. And she knows that they were just, you know, letting loose it at Tigertron. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, if I was a DM, that'd be like a DC 20 insight check to figure that out. <laughs> well, she's. She's uh I would say that she's got a uh, high wisdom like insight <laughs> skill. That's insight wisdom, wisdom, right? So 
Yeah, and she's and she's trained in the that skill, and she's a her class is a bonus to it. <laughs> Classes don't get bonuses. You mean race? It uh, depends what edition you have. I don't in three point five, in fourth, and third, and Pathfinder, and in fifth. There's no bonuses to your ability scores from class. Uh, well, what doesn't? Why did my wizard have such a good Arcana? Arcana is a skill. Ability scores and skills are different. Right, but in fourth edition, insight is a skill. Yes, but you said wisdom. Her wisdom gets a bonus. Oh, I meant class. I meant a bonus to insight specifically to insight. Okay, that's okay. that's fair. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, that. Makes I mean, sense. I, I might be being a stickler. Yeah. No, like no, no. The, you're right. You're right. I understand terms. what you're saying now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because, uh, yeah, you would get. Yeah, your race. You could, you know, be better dexterity or something. Uh, yeah, and some some races give skill proficiencies. Like in fifth yeah. edition, elves get a proficiency to perception because elf eyes they see right. things. Right, right. <laughs> but I was regardless. Her insight skills got to be pretty high. I mean, I think she's pretty much. <laughs> That's pretty much what she like dumped all of her. I think she. Yeah, I think into. she put her proficiencies at least in insight and deception. Yeah. And stealth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or she was like, or she like, like she was one of the. I feel like the stealth is one of those things that like it was like she's got. She didn't like specifically put it in there, but like just like the other skills and points and things that she put around like led her to have a good stealth. And also, she's on a team where, um, like, a plus two to stealth is like, is like great because the rest of the people are terrible at it. They, you know, they went all in on their strength and heavy armor and stuff. <laughs> it's like it's like the one campaign. There was one campaign when like I was a like ranged ranger, but I somehow ended up always being the tank because we had like. I know that, characters, like yeah, like my my game that I'm running on Saturday is like, um, it's like a half, it's it's like a bard, a warlock, um, God, how many people are in that? Yeah, it's a bard, a warlock, a monk, a ranger, and a fighter. And the fighter's supposed to be the tank, but the ranger often gets in there too as a secondary tank mm-hmm. because like the other three people aren't like even for like a a monk, he doesn't like have super high defense. So like yeah, they're kind of like the squishy ones. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. That, I feel like that happens from time to time. Or I can't remember what there was some other where thing. everyone's where everyone's like a a magic caster except for the ranger, and then the ranger has to be a tank because yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, there was something that I would that I did as a wizard that didn't make any sense. Oh, I was like, uh, I was the diplomat. They called me the diplomat in the group. And I definitely did not put any points into diplomacy or or anything <laughs> or charisma <laughs> or, or, or yeah I well I think I had some charisma it was like I had some charisma but it was like everyone else that was their their dump stat yeah so, I never make charisma my dump stat I always try to have charismatic characters even if I'm playing like a fighter I just like charisma <laughs> mm-hmm. I find that I find that the the more charismatic players tend to play lower charisma characters like. Uh, They'll 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 get they'll you'll play dumb uncharismatic characters, but then you'll actually end up being the one. Uh, but anyway, there's like three minutes left in this episode. <laughs> um, so the bee shows up. Tigertron reprograms the bee, and they get it, and 
Cheetor's all like, oh, I would have uh, blasted it, but it had one of Airazor's feathers on it that it was holding. So I didn't blast it. And then <laughs> Rat Trap's like, yeah, and also you missed. And he's like, I'm going to say a little bit before that, there's like, when Scorponok and Black Arachnia first show up to the island, there's, there's kind of a thing where like Black Arachnia is like, let's slip like, when I get to the, I mean, when we get to the monument, yeah. and like Scorpion clearly is like, I don't know about you. And then there's yeah. a scene where Tagatron meets up with, uh, recovers Air Razor. Scorpion's like, say, Megatron told me about you. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. this is what we were whispering about. Exactly. She said, Yeah, well, if this you is weren't whispering about it, maybe I would have shared it with you. <laughs> I'm wondering if this episode is the start of Tagatron and Air Razor being shipped because, like, yeah, the Air Razor and Tigertron over two that are trapped on the island right now. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely there's definitely already a rapport between them. Um, and Air Razor was introduced last episode, so it's it's yeah. definitely it's definitely a, a start. Um, so yeah, they get the B, and the B tells them, "Oh, this is one of the quotes from the episode on IMDb." Do I have it still yep. pulled up? Uh. Uh, maybe. Okay, no, that's not it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm just looking at the scene where Cheetor is like being shot down. Cheetor is like, oh, slumps his shoulders. He's like, mm. I thought I yeah, saw I that. that. <laughs> where he's like, he's, he's like, I would have shot it, and then he's like, yeah, and you missed. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and again, Optimus is like prime, and the look he gives is just like, I have to deal with these idiots. <laughs> okay, this is what Tigertron says. He says, "Attention, Maximals! This is a Code One emergency me- message from Tigertron. Air Razor has been damaged. She and I are trapped on a mysterious flying island. This island is a self-contained ecosystem guarded by powerful weapons of alien design. Black Arachnia and Scorponok have already managed to invade. If the Predacons gain control of the island and its weapons, the Predacons will be able to destroy the Maximal base and win the Beast Wars." Dun, dun, dun. And then it goes to a next time on. Yeah, it's quite lengthy too. The next time, so like, yeah, there's a lot. I didn't expect it to be as long as it was. <laughs> there's a lot of explosions and screaming, and, and a rat falling from the sky, and boulders <laughs> falling. Mm-hmm. Tigertron's all like, "Forgive me for what I'm about to do." Yeah, and I have theories on what he means by that. Yeah, you know. Uh, it's also a shot of Black Arachnia kicking doors down. Yep. And Scorpionock falling on a hole. Yeah. Some some big like fuck off laser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a big laser. All directions. And and it ends on a freeze frame of like of like Black Arachnia in the window of the obelisk, like ah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Black Arachnia is pretty cool. I'd like a I'd like a real good I feel like we could use a real good Black Arachnia focused episode. I think she's like they're hinting at her being like as as twisted as uh as tarantulas and stuff. But we haven't gotten a lot of time with her. I think this episode and, and a couple of other little bits previously. Uh I think she was one of my favorites growing up. But I don't know if that was just because I had the toy well let's see i think isn't uh is spider game right after the trigger two parts let me check yep spider's game 
That's a good one with this with both both hit uh both tarantulas in her. This spider's plural. Yeah. Oh wait, no, or that's the one with when we get another new character. But I I do remember uh Black Arachnia being in that one. Like a bit more than just tarantulas. We get, a, we get another new character in that episode? Yeah. Oh. We get, I don't even know who that would be. Uh, don't spoil it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because I will point out that, um, from what I remember, next to Waspinator, this is also like one of my favorite uh, characters that that get that gets added. I'm gonna guess, but don't say if I'm right. I'm guessing it's Inferno, just because Inferno is in the game that like that we were talking about, like with Eric that one episode, and that game is before Transmetals. So I think it's my guess. I think it is. I think he's the only one that gets introduced before Transmetals because he was. On the show, yeah, but um, we'll yeah. see if my guess we'll is right. We'll see, <laughs> and probably we'll see. <laughs> um, and that was the episode. Yeah, so that was the episode. Yeah, that was a that was a, a solid one, except for like the couple of things that don't make sense. But um, but it was a it was still really solid. Um, good looking, good action, good good stuff. Yeah, I enjoyed it. So uh, we did actually get a couple of questions, but. I kind of feel bad answering a couple of them without uh, without Greg. Maybe hold off some of them until next episode. Only ask the bad ones. <laughs> Don't do that, because then people Don't will be like, why are my questions bad? <laughs> um, that, that did not even occur to me that that, was gonna be, that, that would be a thing. <laughs> How about, have, you need to have more empathy for our listeners, Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> No, they're just so excited that their that their question was read on the air. Well, I still have the question that Kendall asked us, which is, why did I get up at four this morning? <laughs> I don't know, Kendall. Why'd you get up at four? Well, I actually woke up at four this morning too, but then I went to bed after. Well, uh, I, what happened was I um, was really tired yesterday and went to sleep really early, like at like six. That's exactly PM. what happened to me, but not that's not that early. It was more like nine. Maybe yeah, really yeah. Funny. I went to sleep at like six p.m. and woke up at like three thirty or four, and I got yes. up and it was actually a really nice morning. I listened to Let's Place and uh, and uh, Teenagers with Attitude and All Along the Watchtower. I think I actually listened to all three of those. Or no, no, no. no. I listened to All Along the Watchtower right before I fell asleep. Yeah, um, I woke up at four thirty. Then I watched a Spoonie stream, and then I went back to bed, which was like it was like a two hour stream. Yeah, I also and went to. Then I, I woke also, up again around like twelve. Also watched Beast Wars, which actually that was probably like the appropriate time for me to watch Beast Wars at like because it was like five thirty <laughs> in the morning. That was close to when it was actually like, on. Yeah, that's America. like the you know like the intended, <laughs> the intended time. Um, it was but actually for me. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was like a prime time show. In, in the yeah. Canada, but. Well, yeah, I mean, you guys are all backwards <laughs> up there. Uh, but didn't you say you had like another question that you wanted to ask? Yes. Kendall? Okay. Okay. So um, I don't remember what made me think of this, but you guys are you guys familiar with boy bands? Uh, a little yes. bit. So uh, you know how you know how, and I don't feel like they've talked about it like in modern times, but like in the time of the Backstreet Boys, they talked about how each of them, each of the the people in a boy band, should fill a role. The oh, five yeah, band bands. Still talk about that. Yeah. So, um, so which of the of the original five 
maximals. I actually think it lines up pretty nicely. Uh, the so the five roles based on this random website. Uh, there's the bad boy, the innocent one or the cute one, the mm-hmm. class clown, sort of the 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 funny one, the strong silent type, and this is calls calls it the hotter than hellfire one, but I always heard of it as the heartthrob. Of of and the five of the five maximals, uh, what where, what roles do you guys think each of them fills? Okay, well, definitely the cute one would be Cheetor, and like the the funny one would be Rat Trap. The bad yeah. boy would be like Dinobot. Dinobot. Um, the strong and silent one would be Rhinox, and I guess Optimus is the hard problem. <laughs> then, yeah, I mean that that lines up pretty nicely, doesn't it? <laughs> well, speaking yeah. of like five man band kind of thing, like there's there's it's actually a TV trope article where it's it like, is, but it's a little different. It's yeah, like, it's um, like um, the, leader, the leader, the brawler, the the Lancer, Sorry. the smart guy, the big guy, and the chick. Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> and it just even like it even lines up D and D classes with that. Right. So it's like yeah, uh, the leader is the cleric, the the big strong guy is the fighter, the smart one's the wizard, the Lancer I think would be probably the rogue, and then the chick is like whatever because the chick is a, <laughs> it's, it's like the worst one because it's just like sexist stereotype. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, like, but sometimes they're considered the heart of the group. Yeah, so that would be like, um, that would be like the the heart guy from from Captain Planet would fit into that. <laughs> uh, so the heart would be the bard, then I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just that was my that was my uh, question. Yeah. I'm glad you guys you guys that I sort of I agreed with that with that lineup. Um, so how would you fit? And if we fit them the the, the maximals into like the five man band that we just described, it would be the leader, be Optimus, the Lancer would be Dinobot, the um, smart one, and I mean sometimes it doesn't work because the smart one and the brawler yeah. is kind of both Rhinox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I guess you could say the brawler is Rhinox, the smart one's Rat Trap, I guess, and then the chick would be Cheetor. So I would say <laughs> I would say that the. Um, the smart one would be Rhinox. The brawler would be uh, would be Dinobot, and the Lancer, which is the I assume that what I think of as the Striker in D anD D, I would give to Rat Trap. The, the Lance, and, I guess Lancer would fit for Rat Trap because typically the Lancer is like the rival of like the main guy who is like yeah, also like, like kind of a badass. So like in Power Rangers, Tommy would be the Lancer. In Digimon, Matt's the Lancer. Like I don't know if you're familiar with that, but yeah, yeah like. Um, in, in in Voltron, I think Voltron was the original one that they set it to. The Lancer was like uh, Lance. was Lance. Yeah, so. <laughs> it was like yeah, he's he's pretty much perfect for that. Conveniently, also a uh, member of InSync. I think he was, yes. was he the was he the Lancer of InSync, and then uh, so Justin Timberlake was the leader. Uh, those are the only two that I remember their names. <laughs> <laughs> There was the the guy that was well. No, actually, the Lancer wouldn't be Lance. It would be the guy that the other main singer guy from InSync. Oh, but I can't remember what his name is. Nah, who cares? <laughs> so let's see. Um, I was gonna say the other questions that I didn't really want to get into are basically kind of more like movie character placement, but also involves uh the co-hosts, so I don't want to do that without Greg. So we'll save those two there, but Eric had a couple of 
more. <laughs> okay. For us, he like he he provides some more questions for us, which is great. And love you, Eric. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, I think we're gonna have to ask Greg though, because he was looking this up too. But he first asked, like, what John Waters movie would you most like to, to see st- uh, starring the cast of Beast Wars? What's and then, John like, Waters movie? John Waters did like the original Hairspray, um, Pink Flamingos, Desperate Living. Uh, he's he's done like a lot of what's basically kind of like cult classic kind of stuff, and a lot of interesting things. Like uh, I had I had uh, the his Wiki article up, but I took it down. Um, but let's see, there was uh, oh he also did a uh, Serial Mom and Crybaby. Like which was one of her, one of Johnny Depp's earlier films. Um, let's see what else. What else? What else? Roman Candles. I think some people might know. I have literally not heard of any okay. of those things. Yeah, like like I said, they're really they're they're really niche kind of things. But you know, like I don't, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. Um. Like even in the art in the uh, Wiki, Wikipedia article, it says he he uh, he rose to fame in the early 1970s for his transgressive cult films. So, oh. hold on, I'm, I'm just double checking. There is I'm an familiar, actual. I'm familiar with the remake of Hairspray. And that's it. I love all those. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Eric. <laughs> Greg, you should like um, but, editing but, your response. But to I will this point. But I also will point out that. He, uh, when we started talking about this, uh, he realized he got the wrong Johns mixed up, and he meant John Hughes. Oh, okay. Um, so that might be a little bit easier. John for us. Hughes. Okay, yeah. that's a little different. And we started um, like Breakfast uh, Club. On the, on the, <laughs> yeah, on the Slack feed, we started talking about like Rap Trap's Day Off. Oh man, that'd be great. <laughs> and I was like, uh, Dinobot would be like. You, the dean of students, Rooney, who's just trying to always get, catch him slacking off. Okay, I found a, a John a John Waters movie that I have seen. This film yeah. is not yet rated. It was a an oh, expose yeah. about documentary about the ratings, like movie ratings, and about how like violence is okay but sex isn't from two thousand six. I think that would be very good with the Beast Wars cast. <laughs> <laughs> But John right. Hughes, um, so uh, so obviously, um, uh, uh, Cheetor plays the plays what's her name, um, the girl that's always in all of them. <laughs> uh, I I just suddenly blanked, and like I know who you mean, and I was about to say the name, and now I can't, now I can no longer remember. <laughs> Okay, so uh, so so uh, John Hughes's uh, what I when you search for him on on IMDb, it's a, he, it comes up as John Hughes, writer of Home Alone Two, Lost in New York, because that's because <laughs> that's the movie he's known most for. He also wrote Home Alone Three, which is really bad. <laughs> yeah. And then Saldrick did a joke about that where he just like kind of just like he, he showed John Hughes just not giving a shit and just writing like some crap. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's written a lot of things. Molly Ringwald, Molly Ringwald. That's yes, what I was trying to think of. Uh, I thought it was like an M name, and I just could not. It was on the tip of my tongue, and I just couldn't bring my mind to say it. 
So, so I mean, Beast Wars basically is the Breakfast Club, though, right? It kind of is, yeah. Because <laughs> they're like, it's you know, it's not fair. We're not supposed to be on this planet. <laughs> so Cheetor is is Molly Ringwald. Uh, uh, Dinobot is uh, wait, which character is which? Yeah, yeah. John, is is John Bender? That's the bad guy, right? Or the like the yeah. like criminal. Right, uh, it's it's been a while since I've seen uh, uh, Breakfast Club, though. <laughs> um, Hold on, and then um, so so uh, so yes, John Bender was the criminals. Yeah, okay, Sorry, so I that's that's Dinobot. Sure. Uh, the crazy, uh, it looks like her name is Allison Reynolds. Um, she would be. Uh, like I feel like Rat Trap would be um would be the main guy is uh Anthony Michael Hall Brian. Um so who does that leave? Hmm. So that leaves Optimus. Uh, actually Optimus would be Emilio Estevez would be the the jock and <laughs> and that makes that makes Rhinox the Rhinox is the goth chick. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I love it. And then and then Megatron is the um is the, uh, the, the, the principal, the principal or, yeah. yeah, is the other character from that movie. <laughs> I approve. <laughs> I was looking yeah, at other yeah. John Hughes things and I was just trying, you know, and you know, which movie that he wrote and directed, I was trying to think of, uh, uh, that would work with Beast Wars, which I actually kind of would see, uh, but I don't know how it would work is, uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> like That's I can imagine one. I can imagine like Rhinox being uh, Steve Martin's character, but I can't. I'm not too sure who John Candy's character is. I mean, later on, I could see uh, Silverbolt because of just the una, una, you know unabashed optimism. But there's a couple of other things that, that <laughs> I don't know if that pairing would work. So I feel like I feel like Waspinator would be John Candy's character. Yeah, <laughs> actually, actually, you know what it would, what it would be? It'd be Waspinator. And pterosaur, or or <laughs> it would be um, like it would take place some in so, at some weird point in continuity, uh, and it would be Waspinator and Dinobot. I oh think, my god! I think Dinobot would be the best Steve Martin, <laughs> and Waspinator is just kind of trying oh. to be his friend, but also is kind of inept and 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 dorky and. And actually, you know, like, like they're traveling and like they had to come to a cliff and actually Waspinator helps him get across the crevice, but does it kind of awkwardly and he gets mad about it. <laughs> I could see that. I forgot he wrote uh, Uncle Buck as well. That's that's actually like one of my mom's favorite movies. My mom has a, a weird sense of humor that I've developed as well. So Awesome. <laughs> And you could do a Home Alone with uh, with with Rat Trap. Rat Trap as yeah, Rat Trap as the kid, and then um, and then Waspinator and Pterosaur trying to take over the Maxwell yes, base. I love it. <laughs> I, I approve of this. Oh, can you imagine Rat Trap saying all those traps? <laughs> <laughs> I could because I could imagine Rat Trap. Setting up those traps. 
his name. Get it? <laughs> and let's hold on one second. Also, the sequel to the Breakfast Club thing would be uh, would be the Sixteen Candles, where uh, where they forget Cheetor's birthday, <laughs> reprising his role as Molly Ringwald. Reprising his role, I like that. And we got. We can do one more where, uh, since we were talking earlier about uh, what kind of like boy bands positions, uh, if the Maximals and Predacons had a battle of the bands, who would make up the bands and what instruments genre would they play? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. So, like, I can imagine. Um, Rhinox's bass. <laughs> yeah. Right, because he's black. Oh god damn it! Hey, <laughs> hey! God just... damn it! You ruined everything. <laughs> everything everything's, everything's done. Podcast over. <laughs> We're done. Last episode of Born Beast. Hey, <laughs> uh, I, I just hey, you're. I'm not. You know, I'm just I'm just calling you out. Just calling you out. Uh, he does have he does have the sense of a bass player. I think that the Maximals would be a country western group. Um, I think that uh, sounds horrible. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm not saying they would be good. I'm just saying I'm saying <laughs> they would be a country western group. I think that uh, I could see them doing country rock. That they would they would or country. Cu- I th- I'm thinking like I guess maybe not country western because that's that's got the the super connotations but i'm thinking like uh like johnny cash like classic country uh and okay. and so they they're on stage they start out it's the original five you know matt uh, uh so yeah yeah rhinox is on the bass um cheetor's on the drums uh i don't think cheetor would like this being country i think he'd be like let's go do let's be a rock band guys and they'd be like Shut the fuck yeah. up, cheetor. well he's on but that's why he's on the drum he's playing the drums so he doesn't get an opinion um so uh, and then uh, uh rat traps on the fiddle. Uh so actually it's actually just the first four at the beginning of the show and then they call they call Dinobot onto the stage and he he plays lead guitar and then um and then after a little while they bring they bring Tigertron on the stage and he's like a harmonica player and then they they bring um they bring Air Razor on the stage and she's like a mediocre singer but she gets to sing like a couple songs. So that's that's I mean that's what you know that's my I could see Aries being pretty good. That's an interesting voice. But I mean she might be she might be good. I don't I'm not saying she's I'm I mean she maybe she's good. Maybe she's good. I'm just saying she doesn't play an instrument. I'm saying she just sings. She just sings. Okay. I I would imagine ah. that the 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 Predacons would just go so over the top in whatever they would do. They would be like they would do like rock opera with Megatron yeah. and the lead singer. Like they would, if they didn't like if they didn't do something that was flashy to begin with, like hair metal or visual key or just something just incredibly stupid, they would go all out and like with sets and stuff like that and and do a rock opera. Well, I think I think they would play the theme song to Beast Wars, and then they would get in a fight <laughs> because all of them would want to be the lead singer. <laughs> That was the other thing is that I would imagine that they would have trouble actually being a band within fighting. So maybe they'd be a Beatles. Maybe they'd be like a Beatles cover band then. 
too many, you know, they, they're all, they're all like pretty good. They all can sing. They're all pretty good at their instruments, but then there's too much ego and, and they just don't last. Can you imagine that fight though? Megatron's like, I'm the singer. And then Waspinator thinks I should be the one who sings. <laughs> so, so, so Waspinator is clearly Ringo then. <laughs> uh, 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 Tarantulas is Eric Clapton. Cause he like plays with them, but he kind of, you know, he's more, I, he's independently self-identified. Uh, uh, Megatron's Paul McCartney. Ter- Pterosaur is John Lennon. Um, and then who does that leave to be George Harrison? Who am I forgetting? Um, Scorponok. Scorponok is George Harrison. That makes sense. Except for Scorponok doesn't have any hands. How can he play the guitar? Oh, it doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't work. He has the B do it for him. <laughs> oh man, that'd be he'd be good at guitar oh, then. <laughs> of course, by that logic, Tarantulas also wouldn't be able to play the guitar because he just has like those claws. He would have to either be in spider form or use the spider legs on his on his arms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I almost also made a joke about if if this is what we were going with, like the Beatles cover band that would make uh, Black Arachnia a Yoko, but that's kind of that's Ooh. kind of not a fun thought to thought train to go oh, down. Oh jeez, now that's racist. <laughs> yeah. Oh what? Because she's Asian. <laughs> According to you, at least, yes. <laughs> I mean, she is. Well, I see, but I don't see. Well, no, actually, no. That would make sense. I could see Tarantulas being John, so so that makes Donobot Pete best. <laughs> um, so what? Which fifth Beetle? Um, well, one of them, Stuart Sutcliffe. Whichever one dies first. Um, <laughs> that's terrible. I shouldn't have said that. That's offensive. Too soon. All right. Well. Any more questions, or are we uh, wrapping it up here? We can hold off on the other ones till Greg's here when we can discuss more movie placements for all of us. Sounds good. Uh, so, um, the Warren Beast Facebook group is the is search for Warren Beast on Facebook, and uh, what's Warren the Beast Twitter podcast. account? Is it just at Warren Beast or something like that? Uh, I believe it's also at Warren Beast Podcast. Okay, we're also part of the Audio Entropy Podcast Network, audioentropy.com. Check out all the podcasts there. Um, If you like us, then you'll probably like them. Uh, You can, and I want to plug that I have, I'm at K Hallman on lots of places on social media-ish things, uh, meaning Twitter and YouTube. I play the ukulele and tweet about comic books. Um and uh yeah, do you guys have plugs? Oh uh, yeah, um chair.tumblr.com and then uh John Dark seventy six on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. Uh hmm, I actually don't have much to plug at the moment, so you I'll just do what I normally do and mention a show I've been watching that people might like called Currently, the IFC channel has a short series, like it's all done, so you might even be able to catch it all online called Stand Against Evil. Star- stars uh, John C. McGinley and Janet Varney as, like, just basically small town uh, New England uh, 
well, former sheriff and sheriff stuck having to take care of a supernatural curse upon them. Yeah, I remember uh, talking about that. Yeah, I talked about it offline. Uh, and I gotta say, it's kind of funny. I mean, it's silly and a little cheesy, uh, but it's it's a lot of fun. And I have to say, I did not expect Perry, uh, Dr. Perry Cox and Cora to actually be good at fighting demons. So, who knew? <laughs> Alright, uh, so... Yeah. Um, also, I want to give a special a shout out to my laptop charger uh, that is new. Um, if you're ever thinking that you should get a new laptop charger, you should because it's awesome. This thing like charges my laptop now. Um, so until next time, I've been Kendall. I've been John. I've been Jordan. And that was not in alphabetical order, but I'm I'm going to get through it. Already said it's host, regular host, <laughs> and guest. That's how it should be. <laughs> we will now diagram this out, out, out off air. <laughs> <laughs>